is going on, everybody? Welcome to the UGASports.com post-game overreaction show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined by publisher, UGASports.com, Ryan Nabolsi, or as he's known as uh, 2-0 now. So <laughs> change his name up. But guys, you know what it is already. It's the post-game overreaction show. We overreact about the Georgia Bulldogs, and they've been winning lately. So uh, we're going to really overreact and nitpick them as much as possible. They won today against Samford 33-0. to against a uh, well-coached team. That's what we heard it all week uh, about Chris Hatcher, and we had a really good uh, thing with Jim Donnan and Coach Hatcher on our YouTube channel. If you didn't check that out, that was really cool. And, uh, you know, overall, though, Georgia goes out, handles business, and I don't know, Roddy, I don't want to start this out, but maybe Stetson Bennett for Heisman. He was in there in the third quarter. I don't know, got 300 yards, and they took him out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he got like 294 yards. They threw a six route, uh, six yeah. yard out route, 300. Take it, let's go. So that way wow. they can put up on the graphics. You know, uh, four of his last five games have been 300 yard passing games. You know, and remember, yeah. you're catching on. You catch, you're catching my drift. Now I'm just saying, mid season after he kind of took the job from uh, JT Daniels, one of the big knocks on him was this guy's never even had a 300 yard passing game. And I'm like, well. He's also never run with the ones before, but he saved your ass multiple times. I think it's a little bit of a, hey, let's get him out there. And then we got to see Carson Beck and uh, Brock Vandegrift. <laughs> Brock runs over a guy, but yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know if Co- I don't know if they were happy about that or not. I couldn't tell on the sidelines if uh, – <laughs> Well, they, they were unhappy. didn't get the first down. Yeah, that they were very unhappy with that, yes. Uh, but I couldn't tell on the sidelines. I'm trying to tweet this out here. Uh, overall, though, man. 479 yards for Georgia, 128 for Samford, only 19 on the ground for Samford. Um, so we've got some folks jumping in. If you guys are new to the show, you can jump in with us. All right. So how you do that is you go into the description of the show, click the link, and you'll join in. You'll join into the waiting room. So you're not on the screen right away. You can join into the waiting room, and then we'll bring you on into the show. You can join with just your voice or voice and camera. If that's too much for you, a little stage fright. We understand. Uh, put yourself into the comments. So we want to know where you're watching from. And we also want you guys to interact with us because without you guys, this show is just boring. It's just me and Roddy. There's a uh, pickless cage already. I'm just here so I don't get fined. We appreciate you. Uh, but first comment right out the gate, Roddy, from Marshall Fleming, part of the fam, says, worst offense showing since the USC game four years ago. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, well, that's a that's a long right. Yeah, that's a long time ago. I mean, that's 400, 400, almost five hundred yards of offense. No, but but again, you scored thirty in the first half, and you kicked you know seven hundred thirty nine field goals. That's not what you want to have happen. Yeah. You had Brock Bowers drop what two passes? I mean, two hit him in yeah. the hand. Let me pull you that had, up while you're doing that. Yeah, you had uh, a guy going up uh, on a fade route, one handed. I don't know that Darnell Washington could have caught the one the back of the goal line the way he was running. That ball was really high. He's a guy that's high, you know, tall enough to go up and grab it, but that's that's a tough ball to get. Uh, missed blocks. Uh, point being, they almost every series they had until the final one in the first half they scored on, but it was a lot of bogging down due to mistakes yeah. in the red zone. So they scored on all of them, and you're up thirty nothing. Second half, you scored three points. You know, it's not exactly it's not exactly killing it. So, uh, it, it, but here's the thing, guys. Remember, 
The guy across from Kirby Smart is Chris Hatcher. That's the guy who gave him his first uh, coaching job. You know, he yep. got a job with uh, as an analyst from Coach Donnan after he, when he basically left the NFL, and he was being paid eight thousand dollars a year. Uh, the guy <laughs> gave him a chance. Now he's a eleven million dollar year coach. Yeah, you really think he's going to bust his butt to really try to you know run it up sixty three to nothing, which they could have. And some of those times he's like, okay, we we drove down the field, we settled for a field goal. This is a teachable moment. I can go to my team and say, look, did you see App State? Did you see App State? If we don't practice and play to this standard, we're going to be Texas A and M. You know, so you get all this, you get a lot of tape. You get a, you get to talk to the players how you're out of shape because he said they were out of shape after the game. Just mm-hmm. like, in other words, you get that Alabama game, um, uh, that incentive incentivizing, you know, that kind of kick in the pants that George got in that Alabama game in the SEC championship, but you get it in game two. Like he, he's going to treat this game like they almost lost. I guarantee it. So, oh, you could hear it in the when he talked to the Alyssa Lang from SC Network at the end of the game. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not happy. I'm upset." No, and she like she kind of looked at him like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And he was like, "Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that we need to work on." And he's going to yeah. use this to drive home that hey, we scored 33 on Samford. I mean, the line's 52. We left yeah. so many points on the uh, field. And, and yeah, I mean, that's 19. Vegas normally isn't that wrong, right? Yeah. So, 19 point difference. That's interesting. You could have. And okay, you pulled the uh, starters by the third quarter, you know, Bell third quarter. So, but again, your second team, Chris Hatcher said this about Georgia's tight ends. He said, I would be happy to have their fifth string tight end on my team. Yeah, Rylan Gody, Brett Seether, yeah. Yeah, he'd be happy to have either one of those. It'd be better than what he has. So you know you're going to pull him, but it's still they're expecting you to score 52 points between friends after you just went seven for seven on touchdown drives against the number 11 team in the country. So no, Kirby's not going to be happy with this. But we shouldn't be freaking out about it because they could have. They could have. You know, there are a couple times they could have changed it up a little bit. But, yeah, you. I mean, everybody on that team can look at one good play that they had and one bad play they had. You know, it's like uh, uh, Kyrus Jackson and has a bad play, then he has a huge catch. You know, Stetson Bennett, squid throws, and then he takes a big sack, a big dumb sack that moves him way back. Dil- you know? Dylan Bell catches a touchdown pass and drops that pass from Brock Vandergrift to hit him in the hands. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, every guy has a has – Brock a- makes a great catch, you're right. Brock drops one. Dylan Bell makes a great one. Uh, Darnell, same. Uh, Kendall broke off a 19-yard run. Some of his runs looked like he couldn't get three yards. I mean, yeah. so the, every every there was a lot of like teachable moments in this game to where you can go back and look and say, "Hey, yeah, you did really good." But at the same time, look at this. You you completely missed a block on the outside right here, Gilbert. Yeah. What's going on? It's um, no, like oh, you had a great block too. So, yeah. so it's you know it's it was weird. I see where people are going with this uh, and. I don't know. I guess because the line was so high, 52 points, right? I mean, I think people were expecting just some. And after they put up 49 points against Oregon last week, yeah. I think people were expecting, I don't know, 55 points. I mean, I I, I put up 56 to 3 was my prediction. It's 33 0. But, but they, they were in control of the whole game. So I, yeah. I'm not really upset about it. 
it, does that make sense that my prediction wasn't right? They no, were in the control defense, the whole game. The defense at one point had given up 70, 74 yards, and Georgia had 412 on offense. So it's like you, then it was like, okay, you've given up 79 yards, but you've made 459. So at mm-hmm. some point it's just like, okay, this is you are in control, but control is not what Kirby wants. He wants execution at a higher level than that. You can't miss those blocks on the edge. You can't uh, have passes dropped. You can't throw a ball right at, you know, uh, uh, Lab McConkey's feet. You know, that ball, granted, you're catching it. You don't have it by the laces. But, again, you can't throw a low ball like that. So there's a lot of little things that make the difference between last week. You saw some catches that were in tight windows, guys turning around. Malachi Starks came within two inches on two different plays of having an interception. Last week, he caught the most amazing interception I've seen in forever. This week, he had a chance at two of them that he sh- – I don't say should have, but could have caught. He could have had, you know, two games in and maybe three interceptions yeah. so far. But point being, all the stuff that worked last week didn't work this week. So I'm liking what uh, Stacey Moreland said. Yeah, this is a game George needed. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, – you get the teachable moment, hopefully with no injuries. You know, hopefully A.D. Mitchell's okay. But you got something you can go at these – Again, after last week, they had to walk out of there like, we're the best damn team in the country. We've lost nothing. Seven yeah. drives, 49 seven. points, seven touchdowns, not, no field goals. Uh, we, we held a, a pack 12 team to three freaking points. Yeah, you're going to be a little it, – it's tough to get them to – and what did he say Tuesday? Because this is the worst practice we've had. Yep. You know, they had a good practice Monday, or it was vice versa. One of them, we had a bad practice and good practice, but – no, Tuesday was a bad practice. He said yesterday was a great practice. Today was bad. You, this is just a good, a good place to start kicking somebody right in the ass. Thirty-three to nothing, guys. If you're just joining us, kind of, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm still processing the game. I took a nap at halftime. I mean, it was, it was oh one of those. God. Yeah, it was one of those games, man. It just it wasn't. Georgia wasn't moving the ball that well. They they weren't scoring at the pace I thought they would, especially not in the second half. But the first half, I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm going to take a nap. I woke up. Josh Brooks was yelling in my ear about the cool things that they're doing at Sanford Stadium because they were interviewing him uh, with like 10 minutes left, 11 minutes left in the third quarter. And his cutter and buck polo. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, he was talking about his kid being on the kid being on the field. Josh Brooks talking about his kid being on the field and dancing. And uh, he had to make a call down there. I, I wonder who he called to uh, tell his kid to stop dancing. On the side. <laughs> he said apparently one of his sons is a water boy for the team, right? And uh, he was dancing down there. But they, uh, you know, whatever. Josh Brooks can do what he wants. But yeah, it was, it was you know one of those games, man, where it was just I thought there was going to be a lot. Utah scored seventy three. What? I think you explained that to me. Yeah, Uh, it was just one of those games, man, where overall you're third down, you're five of 13. You didn't have a ton of penalties. You had four penalties. So everything could be worse. I was going to say you could be Alabama and you also could be Texas A&M right now. (laughs) Don't get you what I used to, does it? That's why I said 30 million for their recruiting class, one and a half million for App State to come into their stadium and then kick their teeth in. So they paid $31.5 million to lose and now not be in the top 10. So this is a weird year. I think if you just win, Roddy, there's going to be a lot of teams that are fl- – Notre Dame, I mean, the top 10, top 25 in general, I think is going to be very weird. It will be. And, you know, to me, now, you know, I wouldn't know this personally, but 
if you pay someone a lot of money to come in and dominate you like that, normally they wear leather and you have to agree to a safe word beforehand. <laughs> so I've heard, so I've heard. But apparently uh, Jimbo Fisher didn't know what the safe word was and they got kicked in the teeth. I mean, dude, App State, shout out that. And again, I'm just poking fun at, uh, I, I know a lot of people at uh, uh, Texas A&M, it's a good program. They they were headed in the right direction. This is a shocker to in all of college oh, yeah. football, but I do want to give a uh, shout out to App State. And I had to ask coach, I'm like, was this bigger than when they beat Michigan? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I, I, do we know what Michigan was ranked when App State beat them? Oh, I don't know. I don't I... – I don't think I think okay I think App, the App State wasn't the football program that they are now. App State no, was like nowhere near. Right, but again, you you're able to say that look, we've gone into Michigan, what is that, the Big House, yeah, and beat them. We've gone in Texas and beat them. And I, I'm if I'm Josh Brooks, I'm like, no, we ain't, we ain't scheduling them anymore. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Nope. Uh, Marshall Fleming says, sorry, people, but this is the overreaction. So you're exactly right. That's why we do it. We want to overreact. Paul <laughs> in the comments says, Stetson threw one too high for Darnell and another too low for Ladd. This defies the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's my burner account. That's what I've been doing over here. I'm just putting this out. Uh, my, you're right. I don't know That's how you great. overthrow, I don't know how you overthrow Darnell. And, and they were saying on the broadcast, Roddy, they were like uh, – you know, you just throw it up to the bottom of the uh, field goal post for Darnell. And yeah, damn if that ball. one that – yeah, the crossbar. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of the word. And uh, damn if that ball that he threw to Darnell was not, I don't know, maybe a foot underneath it, so nine feet in the air. Uh, it almost hit the crossbar. I mean, Darnell's a freak. There's There are so many NFL scouts right now that are just drooling over him, uh, watching him play this year being fully healthy. He's unbelievable, and he's only going to continue to get better. Yeah, no, he's right. Um, apparently, Tennessee pulled it out. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. they. Let, let's let's take a look here. I thought they weren't going to. I thought Pitt was going to do it. I picked them in the uh, pick'em challenge uh, that I'm in. But over, you know, rushing. Kendall Milton's your leading rusher again. Kenny Mack leading receiver. That I should have picked that as my. I picked. Uh, Branson Robinson getting a touchdown as my, you know, secondary prediction this year, if you will, uh, for this game. I should have picked Kenny Mack. Edwards is being the leading rusher, but I was wrong there. You were very wrong, actually. Yeah, Kendall, yeah. Kendall was uh, – Dejon had six for 23. Kendall had 10 for 85. But Kenny Mack leads the team again, five receptions and 61 yards. Wow. Yards after cont- – what? Six, that's, that's wrong. I don't know. Jinx says running game, question mark, little passes. McIntosh is on fire, but runs not so much. Milton did better. What do you think about the running game? What did Coach Don think about the running game? Because I have some thoughts well, on it. He pointed out, I mean, look, they just loaded it up, you know, and they, they're like, hey, we're going to take away the run because they know that's what you want to do in a game like this. You just want to run it and force it on them. But uh, when – what did we see last week? Uh, Oregon said, well, hey, we got great inside linebackers. We got decent back. We don't have great secondary guys. So, you know, Georgia's – right now, Georgia's a passing team. You know, when yeah. you did run it, uh, what was the average per carry? It seemed to be – Average per carry, four yards. 
That's... You only had one guy average above that. That was Kendall Milton averaging 8.5. Dejan ad- averaged uh, 3.8 and McIntosh 2.1. Well, let's, say, let, let's see what the average per carry was with the starters versus, you know, when you start getting into uh, everybody and their brother playing offensive line. You know, All right, so you got set between Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton, you had 17 carries. Most of those guys, when they were running the ball, had the starters in there. Uh, that's 100 yards. 100 divided by 17, I'm not good at math. It's a little over four. It's yeah, but a lot of those are basically the passes are glorified runs. You know, so when you toss the ball two feet to Kendall, uh, to Kenny McIntosh, he runs at 30 yards. You got to count that practically as a run. The fact that you lobbed it to him. Yeah. You didn't hand it to him. That was the 30 yard. It was the 30 yard pass. That's what it was. It's a pass of two feet. And right. to me, that is a run. You know, to me, it's like a, it's, if it's forward, it's a pass. If it's backwards, it's a toss sweep around the edge. You know, I'm like, come on. So, again, no, it's a, I just don't think that Georgia is going to try to line up and mash a team. Uh, we, we did see it on that first uh, possession of the third quarter. They're like, okay, we're going to try our running game and we're going to run power football. And they did. But it's just, if they're like, look, if they've got more guys in the line of scrimmage and they're filling up these gaps and they're giving us one on one at the top with uh, Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint, uh, they, they're not shadowing Brock Bowers. We're just going to throw it. So, what about not worried? No, 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 I'm not worried about the running game yet. What about the uh, finally seeing Kirby Smart at almost halftime? Running a two-minute drill, we hadn't. I mean, I cannot think of the last time we've seen that. Kirby Smart being like, "All right, guys, hurry it up. Let's get to the ball." And then, when, when when have we seen that? I don't. I can't remember. It's been a while, but that's the whole point: is you need to practice it. So this is. I'm not. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Chris Hatcher. He came on our show. He was incredibly courteous to do that. You know, but this is a this is a this is a scrimmage for Georgia. So it's like, look, the, all the well, first yeah, time, that. first time you do the hurry up is not one of when you're in a, uh, uh, you know, cuticle chewing situation with uh, Kentucky or Florida. Let's practice it against Sanford and see what we can do. And sure enough, they were doing kind of well, and then they had a bad play, got behind the sticks, and had to chunk one down the field. You know, it's yeah. not exactly what they wanted to do. So now you come uh, Monday, it's like, hey. Guys, let's let's look at the film. Let's do a walkthrough. Let's see what you did right and did wrong. Tuesday, we're going to strap on pads. We're going to fix this crap. <laughs> Tuesday is going to be it, – it's something, right, when you win 33 nothing, It doesn't matter who you're playing. You win 33 nothing, and you know Tuesday is going to be straight hell for you. No, absolutely. You go out there, Stetson goes 24 of 34, 300 yards, a touchdown, uh, had the touchdown on the ground. Tuesday's practice. He's already. It's Saturday night. He's already not looking forward to Tuesday's practice. No, <laughs> he's like, damn you're it, man. Line, your linebackers, you know, they're not excited about it. But again, uh, if, if you can go two games, even if one of them's FCS, give up three points in two games with eight guys gone to the NFL. Uh, that's that's pretty damn good. You want to bring on old Dane Young and Eddie from Ackworth? Absolutely. Bring them both in. Let's do it. Eddie, what's up? Evening, guys. How are y'all? What's up, man? Dane, what's going on? Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Eddie laughing, too. <laughs> it's funny. 
Man, it's it's been a it's been we always have one Saturday like this every year. Is this the Saturday? I mean, oh, I think this may be one of those years, though. That's, that's what I was telling Roddy. I that's told it. I told Roddy that I said this might be. You just you just might want. Folks are complaining that you want against Sanford. You just want to win every game this year. I think. Ohio State it's, it's last those, week. Yeah, you want to walk out and just win because this year seems like goodness. I mean, Kent State right now is up three nothing against number seven Oklahoma. They're in the second quarter. I mean, it, you just got to stay alive. This is the year to stay alive. Oh, hey, who's the number one team in the country right now, guys? Georgia. Georgia. Absolutely. Wasn't that proven out today? Yeah. I think it was proven out more last week than today. But yeah. Well, I mean, today kind of solidified it, right? I think Absolutely. so. I mean, you remember your, your average uh, voter in a lot of these polls is about as intelligent as Pond Scum. And I'm, I'm trying to be nice to Pond Scum. Uh, they basically will watch the uh, ESPN Sports Center highlights and go, okay, you know, whatever Kirk Herbstreit said about this team being good or bad is kind of how they'll vote, you know. But when you have a situation when Tennessee, uh, Alabama has to hang on, and Georgia has a thirty-three to nothing victory, even though you know Georgia didn't look like they did last week, and well, Georgia's giving up one point five points a game, and Tennessee, I mean, Alabama barely won. Yeah, I guarantee you, it's it's split. Now both teams won. So some of those people will vote by rote, not to change anything. But I think, think so? the number one votes uh, at least half and half if Georgia doesn't get 60%. Well, I tell you what, guys, I would rather have what we had today. And it, it was kind of a mad game, whatever. Yeah, 33. I kind of predicted 45 to 6. I just thought the weather was going to play into it. Just kind of 12 o'clock kick, you know, all that stuff plays into it. But what wouldn't you rather have what Georgia did today – then watching Alabama commit all those penalties. That looked like a Mark Rick coach team today. I'm sorry to say that. I mean, nah, come on. Come on. And now, now, Roddy, you know what I'm talking about. I, I trust me. Undisciplined football from start to finish. That was not Alabama. No. What we saw today. No, it wasn't. And and I think, you know, that had Quinn Ewers stayed in the game for Texas, oh, they probably, probably would have won that game. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. That's a uh, that did not look like I thought Alabama and I literally this is the same thing I did about Clemson last year when I was looking at their team. I thought Alabama's just gonna be an absolute juggernaut, have one of their best teams in a long time. You know, have we? I don't think we've seen that yet, really. You know, I mean, they they were taking some of the best players from teams around the country. You know, I thought this is gonna they're just reloading, they got a number two class in the nation behind Texas A&M's and this is going to be a, you know, a lights out, just a killer squad. But uh, no, that did not look like, you're right. That did not look like Alabama. Jermaine all. Burton had two catches for 10 yards. Hey, so he's right on track for what he would have done in Georgia. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would be I mean, Georgia's like third or fourth best receiver right now? Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. And I don't mean to rip on Jermaine Burton, but honestly, would you, would Knowing what you saw towards the end of last season with Lad McConkey and A.D. Mitchell and Brock Bowers, how much more would you have played him? Saying he was healthy, I mean, would you would you right now would you start him ahead of Lad? Would you hard set us start him ahead of uh, A.D. Mitchell? That's tough. I, I probably. Is, would. I mean, he's really good. I would start him over Rosemead. I know they do different things, but Rosemead is vital to Georgia's offense. Sure, he is. Let's talk about somebody being very vital to Georgia's offense. A.D. Mitchell going out after his first catch, not coming back. 
Uh, we will have an injury update, I'm sure. Dash will have that for us at some point. I'm sure Roddy could uh, text around and see, you know, what's going on with that. But Jackson Meeks is not A.D. Mitchell. And then I started thinking in my head, all right, well, maybe, mm-hmm. all right, what about A- uh, Eric Gilbert? Maybe he could be A.D. Mitchell. He's not. Uh, there is not another A.D. Mitchell on this team. You saw it with Jackson Meeks. Uh, Stetson missed out on a touchdown, basically, because Jackson Meeks was running the route instead of mm-hmm. A.D. Mitchell. A.D. would have been there, uh, and they would have created that separation between him and Bowers, if you guys know what play I'm talking about, where they both were kind of bunched up and he mm-hmm. overthrew Meeks. It, Meeks and Stetson obviously aren't on the same page like A.D. And, and Stetson. But, man, you want to talk about, like, missing somebody. That's – that was a that's pretty impactful. That that's one of the examples of points you did not bring in. That was wide open, nobody in front of them. That's a score that could have been. Uh Brock Bowers in the end zone, ball goes through his hands. That's one that should have been. Uh was it Lad McConkey that went up one handed on that first fade pass? McConkey did it once and Darnell kind of did it, but his yeah. arm was kind of held back once. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Anyway, I'm sorry. We, we should be better hosts and let everybody know you're watching the post-game of reaction show. But we have Eddie from Mackworth here, a big supporter of the site. Eddie, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, you, I, you know, the only thing, it's post-game of reaction show, and I'll overreact. It's <laughs> there great you go. to me that Stetson was, a, Stetson was a tad off tonight. He was hitting guys really high, low, like you pointed out to Lad McConkey, which is impossible. But a lot of his throws seem to be really high. And, and I don't know why that is. Was he juiced up? Was he throwing off his the wrong foot? I don't know. You can tell me, Dane. But he, he looked just a tad off to me. Matt, the team didn't have the same energy as a whole as it no. did last week, obviously. And I think that Stetson was a piece of that. But I, I look at the end of it and I see Stetson threw for 300 yards and ran for a touchdown. Like, if that's his bad day now, yeah, then Georgia's in a good spot. Yeah, that's that's and that was another thing too. I told talked to Roddy before you guys got on. Stetson for Heisman now is that a thing? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think it has to be after Bryce Young not performing today. But I also I have a bet on that, so I, I'm kind of speaking it into existence for my bank. I should have. I should. Yeah, have but he also won them the game, Paul. Yeah, but Bryce Young didn't look good today. Yeah, no, he, he did not look good. He didn't have uh, to, but all you remember is the fact he got the ball back with like a minute 30, drove the length of the field, and they kicked a field goal. That's not all I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember. That remember, way. hey, Heisman voters are dumber than AP poll voters. Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on. So, <laughs> Give so, me that scale. Is it like ponds come and then like mud? Ponds come, like- poll voters, and look way, way down under the rocks, and you'll find the Heisman voters. Yeah. Well, he, he was under duress a and lot. Democrats. And, and that, that was due to that was uh, yeah, let's don't go there. That that was due to the offensive line, was it not? I mean, he was under duress a ton today. No, yeah. yeah, he was. He was. They're not. They're not the same team. Georgia's the no. best team in the nation right now. Uh, Alex Leatherwood ain't there anymore. No, he can come back though. He got cut by the Raiders after one year, so maybe he could use another year of eligibility. And well, Paul, what you just said, that George is the best team in the nation, and typically, especially this early in the season, the quarterback of whoever the best team in the nation is is a Heisman contender, period, just the way that that award goes. Yeah, that's true. So if uh, Stephen were to get hurt and Carson Beck goes in there, like I'm not saying that he should be a contender in that way, but if he had the numbers, he'd well, be getting uh, some like top 10 
vibes at it just because it's a quarterback award for teams that win. Well, let's look at this. I mean, uh, 24-34. I'm with you, Eddie. I don't think he was as sharp as he would normally would be or has been in the past. Uh, Did have, what, four drive, five drives that all ended in points. They may not have all the touchdowns. But uh, 24-34 is 71% completion rate. Um, 300 yards, 70% completion rate, 71%, uh, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown. Compared to where he was, I mean, the UAB game, he was out of his mind. But for some of those other games, you know, where he was struggling and everybody wanted him pulled for JT Daniels, you'll take today over anything that he had in the past. So point being to the Heisman question, he had a Heisman-worthy performance last week, at least to put him into the discussion, maintains it this week. Then he goes into South Carolina next week. So you keep having those type games, and then, yes, the Heisman people start talking about it because you are the number one team. You're the quarterback of the number one team. You've got a great backstory that's, you know – they can do a thirty for thirty on, then it just. Uh, oh yeah. But you but you have to you have to grind out those numbers every week. You know, uh, I think a lot of people, again, the Heisman voters will see that. Uh, oh, three oh yeah, three hundred yard game. Okay, let's vote for him. So, well, well here's here's another thing too. Uh, just comparing him to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud had a pretty good game today for Ohio State against Arkansas State. Uh, he went sixteen of twenty four for sixty six percent completion. So a little less than Stetson. He had yeah. 350 yards. He had four touchdowns, uh, no touchdowns on the ground. Last week against Notre Dame, he only had two touchdowns, no touchdowns on the ground. So if you're comparing touchdowns, Stetson has five. C.J. Stroud has six. Stetson has two on the ground. So, you know, it, no, that's a good point. Stroud, yeah. He's not he should, have, he should have had a few more passing because Correct. some of them were dropped in the end zone. Correct. So, so, again, I don't, I, I, I've said this countless number of times. I expect each game to have two or three boneheaded plays from Stetson Bennett. An overthrow, underthrow, at least that's not hitting the dirt on a pass or way overthrowing a guy. You know, there was maybe the overthrow that maybe A.D. Mitchell was underneath that long ball right off the back to right off the bat to Jackson Meeks. But you're going to have that. But it's the rest of the plays where it gets you into the right call that I like. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Eddie. What were you going to say? No, that's okay. I, I was just going to say – what I love about this game is that we come off the Oregon game, and you know these kids heard this all week on campus, how great they were, how we're going to win another national championship. They were just boosted up all week long. We go out there and play 33 to nothing, which it was not pleasing to us as fans to sit and watch. It, it wasn't. This is the perfect game for Kirby et al. to take this team and say, you're not where you need to be. You're not as good as you think you are. We can't just roll the ball out there and expect to win. And he can take this and propel this team to another level based off a 33 to nothing win. I think you know who great. would have loved Georgia's game today? Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, good point. Um, all right. I'm going to leave you all guys to it because uh, it's – hanging out with Fiddler? Just, I, I have a date tonight. Because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to wait a bit, though, because I need to try to stay up for Mississippi State. And so that kicks off in three hours. Um, and so if I get too deep into my friends from ASW, Your love relationship. Well, with, before uh, you leave, tell us tell us about Fiddler. 
Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so awesome because five of the six founders are UGA grads. They like to say that they are distilled by dogs. Uh, if you go to their social medias or their website, uh, aswdistillery.com or ASW. Look at Paul being a producer. Wow. Um, this is cool. So the Braves are also in first place, you know, and yeah. ASW's partnered with the Atlanta Braves and they put out a bourbon with them this year. And we're going to keep needling them until they put out a UGA sports bourbon. Uh, if bourbon's not your jam, they also have gin and vodka. They have three tasting rooms around Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So you can find it wherever you buy your spirits, uh, especially in the Southeast. But we were talking to them and we're like, hey, we have a lot of fans that are watching us or listening to us from around the country, around the world. Like, what about people that live out in California or Texas or wherever? And they said, yeah, there are spots in Los Angeles that people can go get ASW. There are spots in Texas. So uh, go to wherever you do your shopping for these things and ask them about ASW because you want to get something that was distilled by dogs uh, and their dog fans. And I keep saying also that that one person of the six founders that wasn't a Georgia grad, they should force them to go get a master's degree. So we're going to go yeah, you, you got to think like that guy that is part of this whole this the, the the starting six, if you will, and they're like, yeah, five five of the six of us graduate from Georgia, and you're always sitting there like, damn it, man, like why why you guys got to single me out all the time? Yeah, you know, like yeah, we're we're I mean, any of the founders, it, it, the peer Dane, pressure should happen. Dane, yeah. were any of the founders musicians, or is that they just like violins? Um, I think that's just the theme that they came up with the bourbon okay. deal, but I, I don't know that answer for sure. I'll have to add, uh, ask Chad there. Chad Ralston is, uh, the, our, our friend that we've been chatting with there. So go check it out, uh, wherever you buy your bourbon, which apparently I used to think the bourbon had to be like distilled in Kentucky, but there's like different rules to that. Kentucky wants you to think that, but you know, Kentucky's losing to Florida last I saw. So what do we uh, no, seven, seven to three, seven to right. three Kentucky just scored. Well, let's see how that goes. All right, guys. We'll see you. See you, see you man. Let's see. Hey, uh, hey, Paul, I know you, you showed yours. I'll show my 7-6 jersey. So, Here we uh, go. Yeah. And look, look, at the, look, at the, look at the comment that we got on the screen. We got Chase Kelly uh, on the screen, the 7-6, the man himself. Uh, Kirby said it best after the game. The team isn't mature enough yet. They're going to get reamed at practice this week and will look fantastic in Columbia. All in all, it's a great day for Georgia. Yes. Chase, Chase nailed exactly what I was saying. It's like, okay, you needed that game where you get your heads get too big and you think, you know, your poop don't stink. Uh, we got this. Everything's easy. And then all of a sudden you uh, you go and you get out of shape. And Michigan or, you know. Uh, hey, hey, Roddy, how do you get out of shape in a week? I don't understand that. It, it, it's Well, let's say uh, you aren't really pushing yourself like you could. For a week, I mean, it really makes. Hey, hey, this Kirby, he said, okay. "Look, they're out of shape, you know, or maybe they're just half-assing it, you know." Yeah. Maybe downtown Athens, you know, started popping, and maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. well, started. and they weren't in shape for that SEC championship game, and that was played a week after their final game, and well, especially if you, you know, you waltz through the last four games of the season, which were just terrible teams last year, yeah. and all of a sudden you walk out there into that SEC championship game thinking, "Oh, we got this made," and the other teams out there is hungry and they kick your ass. Yeah, you know, so I think Chase nails it. This was Kirby said, "Look, this team's immature," because again, they maybe read too many press clippings, a little too much rat poison, um, and you didn't have. I know it sounds boring, but when the coaches say, "We need to execute better," yes, the coaches put them in the right positions. When the ball goes through your hands, 
that's an execution issue. When you miss a buck, that's an execution issue. When you don't make a tackle, when you have the guy in the backfield, that's an execution issue. So uh, six of six for Georgia to start off, three of those being field goals. Yeah. You, that's that's what Kirby's going to gripe about. You had the chance to do the same thing you did against Oregon, but you scored touchdowns every time against Oregon. You were three for three touchdowns and field goals. And the defense had at least two pick sixes, maybe three, but they had yeah. two pick sixes. Execution is you get the guys in the right position, and what happens? They miss it. So, again, yeah, I, yeah it should have been uh, four additional touchdowns, four additional points uh, per one, 16 points, so 33. Should have been 59, uh, 49. Hey, yeah. Roddy, I'm sorry I couldn't watch the whole thing, but what was Coach Donnan's reaction to this game? He's a coach, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just, you know, he's like, hey, he understands all the levels, you know, and he has to kind of uh, break it down for us. He's like, that's about, you know, he wasn't excited about the uh, the execution on some of those plays, and you'd hear him say, man, you got to make that tackle. Well, I mean, was, got, he, was, got, he, was, he, was he angry about no, it? No, no, he wasn't angry at all. He's like okay. – we got to be better at the point of attack when you see the big hogs going out there and missing a block or something like that, you know, or guys yeah. dropping passes. That that's tough drives. He wasn't upset at all, and he's like, "Look, he got out of it uh, free." Plus, he also points out half that game, the second half, you only scored three points the second half. You were mixing guys up, so you yeah pulling guys on the offensive line, sticking guys in, you're moving guys around, you're bringing it in your second, third string wide receivers, you know. The biggest thing that he had a problem with was that they weren't throwing it to Arik Gilbert. He really wanted to see Arik Gilbert get a pass. You know, Arik had that uh, on the uh, – they're about to go for it on third down. He gets a uh, procedure call against him. Kirby goes over and talks him up, and he, he really wanted to see a throw to Arik Gilbert. They threw one to him. The pass wasn't great. You know, the guy was draped all over him. The guy yeah, knocked him down. He just wanted to see – because he knows how the Arik Gilbert path to being on the field. Yeah. And, just like we're rooting for uh, EJ Lightsey, the guy that got, you know, the innocent yep. bystander that got shot. You know, Tresman Marshall, who's had a ton of injuries. Um, Austin Blasky, you know, getting on the field, you know, for uh, not, not, um, not, there's a different offensive lineman that had the, uh, the uh, Bear Alexander that had a labrum issue. I'm trying to think of all the guys that had different issues. Uh, uh, Notori uh, Johnson, back Davis, in the day. you know, mm-hmm. Trouble Davis getting out there. All the guys, Dominic Blaylock, he was rooting for Dominic Blaylock mm-hmm. openly the whole time. Throwing to Dom. Yeah. Point being, that's his kind of in his bailiwick. He's, he wants the kind of same thing I want is just to see those guys who've suffered and who've struggled to get a shot. He really wants to see something to read Gilbert. But no, he's like, hey, 33 nothing. Half the coaches, 90% of the coaches in America would take that be happy to get out of there with just maybe an ankle sprain for one of your starters. That's that's good. I think that's so valid what you just said because I think a perfect example of that is when AD goes out and that pass, he, the bomb he threw to Jackson Meeks was just over his head. If that's AD Mitchell, it's probably a touchdown because they had, that timing, they had that timing worked out, right? You never had that with or, or it was overthrown. Or Well – yeah, but I'm saying he probably threw it thinking, okay, I'm used to throwing to A.D. Mitchell. Here yeah. we go, and it's Jackson Meeks. You know what I'm getting at? They're not – No, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think it was a – I don't think – personally, I don't think it was overthrown. I think that he was just – he was used to A.D. being out there, and it was yeah. Jackson. He just stepped slow. And that's why that route was so close with him and Bowers too. 
I'm looking at the uh, defense here, guys, because uh, Smile Munden led the team in tackles with four. But, I mean, nobody, no, nobody really stands out. A lot of guys. I'm talking a lot. The PFF grades tomorrow, Roddy, are going to take me six and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, big, every time they brought in another guy onto the field, although I, I love seeing Rilla Washington in there, Sean Washington, that's my Sean, guy. Yeah. He that's my good. guy. Um, I was like, damn it, man, there's another one that wasn't that didn't play last week. I'm going to have to redo all their stats. They put in a ton, a ton of guys. And it shows because you have, let's see here, you have 34 tackles. And I want to say you had 20 different guys make a tackle. I don't want to count them up all. 14 guys catch passes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You had Marcus Washington Jr., who's supposed to be in high school right now. He had a tackle in this game. I didn't, I didn't even know he played. It says EJ Lightsey had a tackle. I don't know if that's the truth. I think he did. That was, did that's, he? that's one of the guys I was all excited about because he got in. Remember, this guy was actually shocked, you know. <laughs> he had bullets <laughs> in his body, and he's back, you know, so I'm excited for him. That's insane. I mean, yeah, you, you, have, you have guys on here that you might not see the rest of the year. Those two guys, uh, Sean Washington, my man, got a tackle. Justin Jefferson, uh, not Justin Jefferson, Jonathan, Jonathan Jefferson. Jonathan Jefferson uh, got a tackle. Yeah, I mean, there's guys on this list, man. Bear Alexander got a tackle. Bear Bear got in there. Uh, we saw, the first time we saw uh, Humphrey in the game. I thought, I'm pretty sure we saw Singletary yeah. in the game. This yeah. is a, a guess. Wasn't that Morissette's first game? Denial Morissette got his first catch. Did uh, Dylan Bell got his first touchdown? Yep, yep. Should have so, had two. Uh, Michael had two Williams first. gets the first sack of the year. Mm-hmm. So. Point being, this is there's a lot of good stuff about the game, but yeah, I mean, you still still should have been 49 points. Oh yeah, and you know what the worst part to me, Paul, this played in your favor for our bet. It because, did, yeah, it, it absolutely. Did. We're at 41 for the year. Yep, 41. We are. I was hoping we are. for 50 or 60, and we'd be way up, and it's only yep. 41 right now. So yep. We have, we have a stake bet, Roddy. I, I'm I'm 40 plus for the year, and he's under that. Yeah. So that helps me out today. Helps me out. That helps me out a lot, actually. Yeah, it does. Um, it, because this is what game that you were relying on heavily yes. to kind of boost your stats, and it it did not go your way. So yeah. uh, I, bring I didn't in, even think about that. I'm going to bring in Dave because we're talking numbers. Let's bring in Dave McMahon, the statistician at UGASports.com, a guy who I've known since 1990, uh, who works for CBS and Fox and ESPN and everybody else in the world. And Dave, uh, give us your takes. Well, first of all, I want to know, like, can I get in bets with steak involved? I mean, that'll be good for steak dinners and stuff like that. I, you know, I, I, lay it out that. there. Give us a bet. <laughs> okay, so, all right. But um, one, of things, one of the things you said, I, I read 15 different players had a reception. Do you Are you reading 14 or do you just try to add? I just remember 14 was when I stopped counting. 15, right. yeah. So it's 15. I, I what kind 15. of was 15, yeah. Um, unfortunately, Georgia's record books, they don't have anything about what's the most in – um. School history. I do have in the, in the recent like twenty five years or so, there has been two thirteen, uh, twice thirteen um, receptions in the game. That was against um, Arkansas State a couple years ago in twenty nineteen, and again mm-hmm. um, and against Appalachian State, who had a pretty good day today. Um, they, when Georgia played them in twenty thirteen, Georgia also had thirteen in that. The last time an SEC team had fifteen was Alabama against Georgia State. Back in 2013, so I mean, it hasn't happened in the SEC since 2013. Almost 10 years. We have 15 different guys catch the ball. 
Um, I don't I mean I I, I apologize for getting the show uh, late, so I don't know if you mentioned a lot of the um, some of the cool stuff. Um, Stetson Bennett now is second all time in Georgia history for um, completion percentage in a career, um, which and the, the number that surprises a lot of people. Number one will be Hudson Mason. And this is like, doesn't Hudson surprise Mason me. I like, remember when he was yeah. on terror. Yeah. Hudson Mason is first. Stetson is second. Fromm third. Aaron Murray fourth and Zyre fifth. Um, Old Zyre. It, it's still holding on to the top five. If you look at um, the Georgia Media Guide, it's worded kind of weird, but yeah, it goes Hudson, Stetson, Fromm, Murray, Zyre. Um, and that kind of I thought was kind of cool. Is, I mean, I, Dave, isn't me? that kind of unfair though? Because Hudson, I'm not knocking Hudson, but he played less games than like Jake Fromm over his career or Aaron. They Murray, have, they have, a, they have a category they have is um, that. Georgia goes by is 300 minimum attempts. Right. That, but that, you know so what I'm what, that, right? I mean, if you, yeah, it's easy. It's easy not to, to have a good percentage if you have just one year and don't play it all. Right. So, right. So, yeah. so I, I get, I get what you're saying. And I, and, and a lot of times I, um, I have stats like that and I go by what you, what you just exactly said. It's like, yeah, one season, like DJ Shockley, Who's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time? Really had yeah. one true year of as right. a, as a quarterback. Yeah, um, and he didn't get to play that Florida game. Yeah. Um, another cool thing is the most receptions, and I, and once then this is something I have to delve deeper into. But I believe the most receptions by a Georgia running back is thirty-seven, and um, Kenny already has fourteen. He oh, Kenny had yeah. twenty-two last yeah, year. This thing, and he's already passed that. So. Um, Gurley had 37 in 2013, Noshawn 33 in 2008, uh, Swift 32 in 2018, and Cook uh, 27 in 2000, um, um, last season, 2021. So he's already more than halfway to the number fourth place guy after two games. That's insane. Wow. So, so That's mind-blowing. I thought those were pretty, pretty crazy. Um, this is – Georgia um, three points in two in two games. The last time they had less than two, uh, three points in, in in two games, 1969. They started that season with Tulane and Clemson, and game number three, South Carolina. So it's kind of um, let's see if they can continue that stretch wise. Wow. But um, but if anything, if um, um, if you guys want to talk to amongst yourselves, or um, if you want to send me a, a question, I can try to look it up. But um, I'm here in. Cold, damp, rainy um, Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's what I was going to ask. Where are you right now? Yeah, <laughs> that is the question a lot of people ask. Colorado Springs, which it rained and it's like fifty-five degrees all day, so it's it's not mm. quite um not quite mm. still summer weather. Was it rainy all day in Athens? No, no, it was supposed to no? be. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to just be a downpour today, and it it rained early this morning, and then that was it. And it was very okay. pleasant too, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was, but it was, uh, I didn't know it was as humid as it was. It said like 93% humidity because I saw Stetson on the sidelines just drenched in sweat. And I was like, hold on. It's, I walked outside and I was like, oh, yeah, it's 70 degrees, but it's, uh, it's pretty humid out here playing some ball. He's, he's, he's sweating. He, he, Stetson mentioned in like the, when the, like not this past week, but the week before about like, he likes it with his short hair now with like, with when, when how hot it is. So. Maybe it's a word to a lot of these other guys. I've been keeping short hair for a long time too. So. Yeah, like you got a choice, Habibi. 
<laughs> but uh, hey, hey, Dave, we got we got Ben Bachman on uh, waiting, so we're gonna put pull him on if he's uh, okay. his camera will turn back on. There he is. Oh God! All right, Dave. Have fun hey, in Colorado right. Springs. Text, text, travels back. Text my me if you have anything me up. Yes, sir. We'll, we'll right. Do, we'll do, All right, have a good. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Dave. Dave's one of the hardest working guys I know. He's always in a different city, busting his tail. Uh, Working different games, he's done everything in the production truck, Red Hat, executive producer. He's a statistician. Uh, he, I always appreciate what Dave can be on the show because he has to be. He's always doing a million different things, and the the people in this industry whose names you know and people you talk about reach out to Dave all the time and ask him to look up stuff. And uh, when you watch a game, they're like, "This is the seventeenth time in twenty eight uh, attempts that so and so has done X." And you watch he's on CBS or Fox or something like that. It's something they came up with. And for hell, for years, he's come up with the Affleck trivia question, which is hilarious because we know it ahead of time, you know. And that's always look good on the Watch Along show, answering the question because sometimes, you know, Dave would be like, here's what I'm going to do this week. So shout out to Dave. He's a, one of my best friends, and we appreciate him being here. Andy, uh, on our trip back from uh, Las Vegas last year, upgraded me to first class and uh, took a seat. <laughs> Eddie, I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you probably a man of uh, desire. He's not a means. Look at that. Yeah. He's rich. No, yeah, you got, you got, you've probably gone first class, right? Time or two. But have you gone first class from Las Vegas to to ATL before? No, not that man, trip. I'm that talking. Hard. I'm talking. The whole seat laid down. I was underneath this. I felt uncomfortable. I feel like I was in a coffin, like because the whole thing laid down. And but I laid back up. Ladies bringing snacks over, drinks over. I'm watching Rick and Morty on this huge TV, uh, just living the life. Man. Hey, hey, Paul. The last trip I took to New Orleans was a uh, private jet. That was pretty awesome. Oh, excuse me. I told you, Eddie's rich. No, that, it, it, there. I'll explain that to you guys off the air. There's a real. <laughs> yeah. Hey, before we bring on uh, Ben Bachman, that. Uh, that trip um, reminds me of that, that Vegas trip. Somebody was ratting out what happened last week on that Vegas trip. And remember what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, you know, my snitch, man. But, but while we were out there, uh, snitching. We, we had some uh, fun with some uh, friends of ours uh, from uh, the road shop. There you go. Now here's the thing I said last week, the rogue apothecary, because that was one of the names that uh, the rogue shop used to be. But a lot of people don't understand what an apothecary is because they don't remember that, or a milliner, or a cooperer, cooperage. It's a big word, Roddy. It is. So we're going to stick with rogue shop. Go to the rogue shop, and there are people out there who try to take the rogue shops' uh, customer base, you know, because they hear about them here and they try to do it. But I want folks to try the rogue shop. Go to t the rogueshop.com. Try their CBN sleep gummies. Right now they're sold out, but I'm going to tell you, if you have trouble sleeping, you need to hit the Rogue Shop because these gummies they have, well, A, they're legal, but they're phenomenal to help you sleep. So if you're one of those people like my friend Cheryl down in um, Pensacola who has tons and tons of trouble sleeping and has for years, you can get the Blackberry or the Lemon Sleep Gummies. They are phenomenal. And the people at UGA Sports have tried them out, and they absolutely love them. If you don't need sleep gummies and you want to have some of the fun gummies they have, uh, they trust me, they have the Delta nine gummies, the Delta eight, this pain cream. Now remember, so the guy that created this company was a former uh, college football player and he was in the military. He got hurt in the military. 
all the pain medication he got didn't work. He tried the uh, anti-inflammatory uh, cabinoids, you know, in the, in the cabin, in the hemp plants. And he's like, hey, this works. So he's like, why isn't this an option for people? So he came up with uh, somebody to, uh, you know, a farmer. And he, now he and his wife farm it all. And they create these fantastic uh, pain creams and gummies and such that you can try out. These elixirs that they have. So try out the Rogue Shop if you have pain, if you have sleep issues, or if you just want to have some real fun with some of the fun gummies they have. Some of the stuff they have is just, uh, you can have a good time. Now, if you... If your drug, uh, if your company drug test, then maybe these Delta A gummies are not for you, you know, especially not the 50 milligram ones. Maybe you want to go with 30 or 20 milligrams. But point being, uh, the watermelon, mango, bluegrass, these are, uh, we, we tried these in Vegas, but you can get them in Georgia. You can get them in South Carolina. You can get them wherever you're watching. Let us know where you're watching the show. They are legal, um, but they will make you pop on a drug test. But I guarantee you. The number of people at UGA Sports who have tried them out, the number of people at Orange Bloods, that are the biggest sign of the Rivals Network, they've tried them. They are, you try them once, you will be uh, a repeat customer. And also, if you go and on their site and fill out the, um, give them a on-site review, if you've tried something, they will give you a $15 gift certificate. If you fill out a Google review, it will also give you a $15 uh, gift certificate for your next door. So try our friends at the Rogue Shop. You'll be happy you did. All right. Ben. Okay, Ben. Talk to us, Ben. Oh, there's Paul. I know you I know you're scared of me right now with your, your guy throwing an interception and Dave on, so you want to run away from trivia, Paul. I, I feel scared. Did has did Will Levis throw in a pick? Yes, he did. Oh boy. Mm. Well, he's, he's the guy. The, that explains he's, it. He's not the guy, maybe. I don't know. Well, you you're not the guy, and you claimed him as the guy. So I think that explains it. Well, oh, Ben. What's up, with the, what's up with the game? I, I'll get into the game today. I, I think that if anyone's overreacting to they didn't put up 40 or 50, I mean, they scored 30 in the first half. And to me, I think the main takeaway was the offense. The creativity wasn't there. I don't think they wanted to show their cards too much. I know sometimes people say, oh, we didn't do that. Oh, we didn't put effort in. Or, oh, we did. You know, some of the coaches will always say that they do. It, to me, it just didn't look as creative offensively because next week you're going to face an SEC team on a noon kick on the road. They don't want to show their cards too much there. Because if you did what they did today against South Carolina, South Carolina can make that a game. Um, they they want to go in, um, and I think this is going to help Georgia this upcoming week. They're going to be motivated because of all the offensive mistakes. They're going to fix all the little things. And I think it's good in those games to actually have a lot of mistakes to work on stuff. You'd rather have it against a perceived bad team or low-level team versus an SEC competition where you're not going to be able to – make that up too often in the game. So I look at it in the long run and say, this is going to help Georgia. I think Georgia also will go up to number one this week. I don't think you could justify Bama being over Georgia um, in the polls. So I think it's another thing. Georgia's going to enter the week, the number one team in the country. And to say that already is, is pretty damn impressive to me. What you, you think about the uh, defense? Well, I thought the defense was even better than last week. I know they didn't play as good of an opponent, but I didn't think they were out of alignment. Like, I thought that they gave a lot of easy access throws in the Oregon game. Like, they got a lot of yards, I thought Oregon got. Even though they were empty, I thought they were giving them a lot of six, seven-yard throws. Georgia didn't do that today. They played a lot tighter. 
I thought that the pass rush was a bit more consistent. I thought Michael Williams looked really good. He was getting in the backfield a lot and early. So I think all around that they got better. And I think that the interesting thing about this year's defense early on is the secondary might be the strength of it, which is odd to think about because the corners have looked pretty flawless in coverage. So I think this year the secondary could be more of the strength of the defense, which I don't think that's a problem. Really? Yeah. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, Stetson for Heisman? Yes, no, maybe? And he's got He's got the numbers so far. He's done yeah. what? He's got like 670 yards and about six touchdowns through two weeks. Been pretty yeah. false. So I think I think he has a case. I think he needs to be more of like that Manziel mold where he has to be flashy because I know people are going to be on him about the whole yeah. walk on and previous stuff. He's got to have a lot of flashy plays to the voters, even though I think that's kind of unfair. But I think he's just going to have to because of that little stigma that's always on him, which I think it's unfair. He's already won a national championship. He shouldn't have still people saying, "Well, he's the walk on, won a national title." Like why? Is, yeah, why is it that like Baker Mayfield was a walk on? But they really didn't talk about that. Flash, yeah. He did the whole doing the dancing thing, you know, and the, and he walked around like you know balls wouldn't fit in his pants, you know, and just he had that uh, giant ego, the big chip on his shoulder, you know. And there was like, plus he kind of showed out he was a transfer. But I think Ben nailed it with the whole, you know, if when and Dave can talk about this when Dave's in on his production meetings, they. You know, ESPN, ABC, Fox, whoever, when they come to a, a, a team, they go, what are the stories here? Yep. Uh, for the longest time, you know, when you had Hudson Mason, Grayson Lambert, you know, Jake Fromm, Aaron Murray, there's no story there. I mean, they're good quarterback, you know. There's no – you're not going to get that uh, quiet, uh, you know, this kid grew up the son of a sharecropper, you know, in uh, rural Alabama. And, you know, it's just never that kind of uh, dad was murdered by, you know, uh, Hell's Angels group, you know, when he was uh, 14. It, there's, right. you know, they need these just rags to riches type stories and they haven't had that in a long time. But they also need the kid to either be like super humble, you know, and put up crazy numbers that they remember the, the DJ Unga Alele. Before his first game, they were pitching him like the next. Uh, uh, Trying to think of the, the Gainesville quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you know, they were. All, I mean, they sat down with him and I'm like, dude, we haven't done anything yet, but you're getting your own segment on you know, college game day. Uh, that's you need to have that kind of uh, that big story, that big personality. Stetson has it, but he's so. Uh, reserved and he doesn't fall for a lot of the he doesn't fall in that narrative he doesn't fall in that big story even though he has a great backstory but so you need those kind of flashy numbers so when baker maple was putting up those crazy numbers you're like oh wow you know uh the lsu quarterback Burrow. 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 again remember he was you know he transferred and put up crazy numbers you know and then they they love a big personality so that when you produce that you know, two-minute, three-minute segments on all these shows, you have that kind of thing to go to. So that's like, oh, well, he's a walk-on. And he has still, even though he's been on scholarship for, you know, three years, he's still the walk-on guy. 
But now he's, you know, got that title. And I think if Ben hits it, you start putting up those numbers. Now all of a sudden the people start talking about you like a Heisman trophy guy. You gotta let him swing a little bit too, if you know what I'm saying. You gotta let him well, I think yeah. I think I think that's what I think that's what he's doing. I think that the whole Stequavius thing and like the every like every little thing Bennett's doing now, he's he's just he's in his zone. If the last thing he did was after that championship game was to take a bottle of Pappy and take Straight a swig out of it right there. Yeah. And then, you know, that it's those sec they like to cut to a segment of a guy doing something like that. They showed the Baker Mayfield dancing at practice thing 17,000 times. Oh, I God. Think, I forgot about that. Again, that, I think Ben nails it. You need to have that kind of – it's not drama, but it's that it factor, that uh, personality, or crazy numbers. His personality is too reserved. You ask him questions, he's not going to give you something stupid. He actually is probably smarter than you when he, he, he realizes why you're asking the question, and he doesn't fall for it. He pauses – he thinks about his answer, and he gives you an answer that's you know is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but he, they're like, well, we're not going to give him the Heisman for that. But you start throwing up three hundred yard games, and he would know it. Let's bring on Brent Rollins because Brent can also add to this. We'll keep Eddie in the uh, cooler there for a second. Brent Rollins, uh, what's going on, man? Like we do every week, we want to get your initial thoughts, and uh, we're talking Stetson for Heisman right now. So as as you should be. Oh. As I predicted, as I predicted, he would be a finalist before the season started. I mean, sometimes, hey, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, right? <laughs> yes, but I will say uh, that's good. Yeah, um, I would. You were talking about the numbers part. I think, and one of the things I wrote about in the piece that just went up on the website is the screen and RPO game that. I think Munkin's kind of now in year three being back in college kind of mastered. Like they're just getting numbers upon numbers for him. Like Kenny McIntosh, 31 yard reception early in the game. It's a little pop, you know, it's a jet sweep. It's a pop pass. It's a pass. And they're, you know, they're giving in the passing stats there instead of the, uh, instead of it being a rush. So they're, they've kind of mastered a lot of that. And that's going to keep, the efficiency and his numbers up, which is going to keep him in the conversation. 61 yards to McIntosh, and it says 61 yards were yards after the catch. So are those all screens, Brent? Screens, screens, flares, the pop pass that looks like it. Yeah. You know, if he just hands it off, we could, we say it's a jet sweep. Like it's, I mean, little little things like that. And that, that's just, I think they're also doing that to as an extension of the running game. I know, I think they're not. They know they're not necessarily completely dominant yet from a running game perspective, and that's just how their their dominance is on the edges, and that's how they're doing it, choosing to do it. But Stetson was the quarterback last year when they switched from JT to Stetson. They they went away from the screen game, so I think it's interesting that they're going back to it a lot, Brent. I mean, it's it's strength of the team. I mean, when you have Bowers and Darnell, and specifically Darnell and what he does. <laughs> Like he's just a different level. I, I say this all the time, but he's just a different level of human being. He is, and one million percent. But I think you know, you, you mentioned that Ben going away from the the screen game, the JT to Stetson switch. This year, it's or at least in these first two games, it's more hey, just a almost a design quick flare. That you know, if we you know, fifteen years ago, it was a toss sweep. And now yeah. they're just catching it and throwing it and getting it out on the edge quicker. So they're just turning things that 
you know, 15 years, 20 years ago, we would say are running plays or would more likely be running plays. And now they're doing it, you know, out of the, with the throw. Overreaction here, Brent. What about the uh, rushing attack? Anything yeah, more what, about I want your thoughts on that. I'm ready to see more Branson Robinson. <laughs> Why is that? Just watch. I mean, there's a just a quickness. I mean, he's obviously, you know, built like a brick house, but there's a quickness about his running style and an explosiveness That's about his running style. Brent, because, you know, he's this weightlifting guy. You don't think of him as being quick twitch. You think of him as being strain and push. And I do know that – I say I do know. I was told that uh, they were a little worried about how much weight he lifts, and they kind of told him, hey, you need to dial it back yeah. because we don't need to have you – you remember uh, Jordan Davis his first year? He was hurt his back lifting weights, you know, because he's putting yeah. so many plates on there. I, I, I was told they dialed it back. Now, is it true? I don't know. But it came from a pretty good source. So, But it's good to hear that, you know, for a guy who grades and stuff like that, like you do, Brent, but that uh, you think he's a kind of a quick guy because that's – I mean, I just see explosiveness. Mm-hmm. I yeah. see because, for example, like Kenny Mack is going to take it. If he's going to go take it 50 or 60, it's going to be in the passing game. It's not yeah. necessarily going to be in the running game. Like Milton, to me, has already shown that his big players are going to be when it's blocked perfectly. It's not He's not going to go make two guys miss and then just run by three guys. It's just not his style. It's not who he is. I Dajun, Dajun is just, you know, Maurice Jones Drew Jr. and is going to get – seven or eight every time and because he bounces off people. But Branson looks like the type who could go take it 60 if he gets the space. He just hasn't had that space yet. Just in the little bit that we've seen. Yeah, you have three for 12 this game, long of six, average of four. So, I mean, it. it it's I'm, – I'm with you on that because not hating on Milton at all. This is just the overreaction show. Just like you said, he doesn't have that. I don't even know what you call the, that. It that twitch that. Well, one it's just a different gear. It's the different gear yeah. of There's taking it eighty. Right. There's not a different gear for Milton. It's all the same gear, which is fine if you're staying oh, in his gear. And he's going to and he's going to go get his seven, eight, ten, fifteen, and get chunk play. If you know, you block one little bit, or he makes one guy miss. And he's and making the guy miss as the one guy. Like, he's going to go get big plays. And that's what he did today. He had 85 yards. His long was only 19, but he averaged eight and a half. So he's out there getting six, seven each play, but he's not kicking it into that next gear. And I think maybe if we dig hey, down deep, what? I'm just saying, Kendall Milton looked to me, Ben, tell me if I'm wrong, looked like a different back to me today. Yeah. Straight in for yards. Last week, his first two, three carries, I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Is he injured? That did not look like Kenny Milton from a year ago. Now, as the game progressed, Kendall Milton looked like a badass against Oregon. Today, out the box, that guy was straining, putting a hand down, dragging people. I thought he ran fantastic yeah. today. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you with that. What I'm saying is, does he have that next gear? That's what I'm getting at with Brent. Is does like he a have, home break. Like does they block for him for, to, get the, to get the open spots? He's a Paul, you're looking for that 70-yard run. Yeah. You're saying you're looking for a home run threat. I I think that's fair, but he's also a bigger back. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're looking at a 6'2", 6'3", back. Now, Todd Gurley, I mean, he's a pretty tall back. Like, there's not many like him. He's a generational-type running back, and we're not going to compare him to him. But I think but given the fact that he's a big back, look at Arkansas today. They're running back and press the hell out of me against South Carolina. 
you know, I, I think that Milton has enough to be a quality top end SEC back. See, first, second round type back with that home run speed? Probably not. But I think that's all Georgia needs. Georgia likes to have one guy who's kind of like their James Cook, like Kenny is. And then they like a more big physical back between the tackle, which what Kendall is. And I think that that dynamic works. I just think the the uh, run block in the O-line needs to be more consistent. I, I think that that's going to help them even more. I also think they've been very vanilla in the run game. Yeah. The yes. first, first couple of the games. That was one thing his coach mentioned that, you know, he called a couple of plays out of formations. They thought that they would run, but then when they didn't, he's like, okay, they're not just going to show that to uh, South Carolina. Hey, Paul, I'm going to step out real quick and bring in Jason Butt because I know he's a lot more interesting than I am. And uh, Isaiah Marshall, we saw you in the waiting room. If you want to jump back in there, go ahead. So anybody that's watching this, Blake Freeman, uh, Mr. Williams, Ben Gunnels, John Adams, Amari Carmichael, Amari's always here, uh, Cliff Manis. If y'all want to jump into this show, hey, the Paul, is the link in the description? Link's in the description. Link's in the description. Let me bring Jason in. I was gonna say before uh, while Jason's coming in that I keep Kurt, oh there he is there he is Kurt hey. Kurt and then I A U S Williams I, how would you say that in the, in the comments says Kershus I don't know but says Big Bear Flash to me great get oh, off from uh, such a large human being Kershus okay yeah Big Bear Flash to me great oh, yeah. get off from the ball that from such is a large one human million percent being. true. Paul, say, you know if, if you go read uh, Brent's uh, uh, post-game observations, he, he touches on uh, on Bears' performance out there today. So something uh, y'all should go give, give you a little plug right here, something everybody uh, watching right now should go do. Paul, I'm curious if Brent's on your side with this one, non-UGA related, but are you in the Will Levis fan club, Brent, like uh, Paul up here, even though he just had an awful interception recently? Uh, I'm in the – is he a big, strong guy who has a strong arm – Yes, I'm in that fan club. Am I in the – is he a elite quarterback fan club? No, not there yet. We'll see at the end of the year. We'll see at the end of the year. We'll see. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> well, Paul's it, it is a Kentucky is. guy this year. He said he's all in on Kentucky. I am, and they're getting beat by Florida, and I don't think anybody had Florida beating Utah and then also beating Kentucky. Uh, if you had that on your bingo board, congratulations, you win, because I didn't. I mean, Anthony I Richardson's the ultimate boomer bust prospect in college football. I mean, that guy, all-time potential, but could be an all-time bust when I look at it. I think his trajectory can go so many ways. So he's, that's going to be interesting to watch. He's six of seventeen. Play. He's six of seventeen with eighty-four yards and a pick. But last week he was all world to people. Okay, so and Will Levis don't is know what of, you're going to get. Will Levis is ten of fifteen, one hundred fifty-five yards, one touchdown, and interception. He's throwing sixty-seven percent with a tutty already. <laughs> the tutty. What are we talking about? You're no, just you busting balls right, right now ball. for no reason. Uh, Jason, overall thoughts of the game, man, before I kick Ben's slimy ass out of here. What's up, man? Yeah, you know, defense was elite. I mean, I think I think the offense's performance uh, kind of overshadows the fact that the defense just came out and looked like last year's unit. Yes, it was Samford, but, you know, it was 128 total yards. They had three first downs. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's, that's really hard to be – a college football team and only get three first downs uh, against another team's second unit, third unit, when those guys especially are coming in the game. So kudos to the Georgia defense. The offense, you know, just reading through some of the content that we're getting up on UGA Sports right now, um, definitely Stetson Bennett admitting, yeah, there was probably a little bit of a lack of energy due to the big win last week, come and play a team like Samford this week. I mean, not to, not to throw the betting angle in there because that really doesn't matter, but when – 
when sports books are putting you at a 50 point, 52 and a half or whatever it was point favorite at that point, the expectations are you to score a bunch of points and, and three points in the second half against this team. I think Kirby smart Stetson Bennett, that whole offense, Todd Munkin, they'll tell you that's, that's quite frankly, unacceptable. They won. They won easy. That's really all that matters at the end of the day. You would have liked to see a little bit more on that side of the ball, but the good news and the great takeaway is the defense flat out shined and, uh, so that's one thing. If you're the glass half full kind of person, uh, that's something you can hang your hat on this week. What if you're the glass half empty type of person, Jason? Then you're looking at the offense and you're like, oh, my gosh, like was Oregon a fluke? You're, you're tuning in right now wondering, is Oregon going to lose to Eastern Washington tonight? You know, you're just thinking <laughs> oh, uh, maybe oh. may, may, maybe that, was a, that wasn't as impressive as it was. I think, I think that, 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 that's the two camps you're in. It's Georgia, so you're overreacting one way or the other, like this show is the post-game overreaction are they playing tonight? Uh, is that who Oregon? Yeah, that's has? who Oregon's got. Eastern Washington, Cooper Cup's oh, alma mater. Yeah. Oh God. Um, what do you think about fifteen? I, I want to get you and Brent's opinion on this. Fifteen different wide receivers. Dave, uh, Dave came on the show, told us hasn't been done in the SEC since twenty thirteen by Alabama against Georgia State. So that's almost ten years of games played in the SEC. Fifteen different receivers. What is, is that? A good thing or a bad thing? Uh, that Georgia's spreading the ball around so much. I'll start with you, Jason. It's never a bad thing. I think when you got targets that you trust and you can th- spread it around and keep defenses off balance, I mean, this isn't fantasy football. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to score points and you're trying to make teams uh, make defenses off balance. So the more you can do in that area and, and, and in that regard, the better. So uh, the fact that there, yeah, th- there's no negative from that whatsoever. Um, I think given we've talked, we talked about this on the, on the Sunday Collins show before the season, uh, you know this this team as of right now heading in it didn't look like a, there was a a, a big time <clears throat> excuse me big time number one NFL type receiver yeah NFL guys I should say number one like elite go to guy in the NFL on this roster right now at strictly the receiver position um so therefore I think spreading it out is is a great thing you got a lot of number twos out there you got a lot of NFL caliber guys who can be number twos at the next level and that's great and so you you distribute the ball. Uh, make teams have to guess, get it to those two tight ends, and uh, you're you're sitting pretty down the road. Uh, I, I think I think the the offense definitely it, it didn't look like they were they were terrible out there. It really looked like they kind of overlooked Sanford and thought they could just pick up where they left off without having to do a whole lot like they did last week. That that was just my interpretation of what transpired on offense. Brent, the reason I'm asking, is it a good or bad thing with the 15 wide receivers? I love your point, Jason, is you look at a team like Alabama last year who had two guys that were just all world. George doesn't have that. So do they have to go this route of the 15? Is it going to dwindle down into seven or eight guys? How do you see this progressing? Because they passed a lot of guys last week, uh, last week as well. It wasn't 15, but it was close. You're, you're making the points that I wrote in my, in my piece, Paul. You're doing a phenomenal yeah. job of, of – Bada you know, boom, selling man. it. Uh, so sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, Brent. You know, right, I won right. this one. I won this one, bud. Uh, ten guys now through the two games have at least three catches. That's when was the last time that happened? Like it's it's spreading the wealth to the degree that makes you unstoppable in my mind. Like I, I if from an offensive if from an offensive play calling standpoint. While I would love to have a Devontae Adams or you know the Cooper Cup that that goes and wins all the time, and you go you go throw it to him every situation that you have in a tough situation. From an offensive play calling standpoint, I'd rather have 
you not be able to give any one key. Now I will say it all to me starts with Bowers. Bowers is that one guy who you as a defensive coordinator better account for on every play. And if you don't, he will just like we saw on the play up the middle of the field. Like he, he was an inline tight end there. It wasn't as a stand-up kind of slot guy. Yeah. Like he's just, he's, he's unguardable in a way, you know, the ability to go catch the ball like he did in the air, all that's his speed, all the things that he does, that makes him that one focal point. But having all the different guys that you can throw the ball to and rotate, I, I think it just makes you that much more dangerous. It makes your offense that much more diverse. It's got, it's like investing, right? If you're, if, what do they tell you when you invest money? Diversify. Like you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Same yeah, but thing. you could you could have put them all into Google when it first started and be a trillionaire right now. <laughs> oh, but, but also look at the opponents. You said Alabama did that to Georgia State and Georgia did it to Sanford. So like you had the ability to. This yeah. wasn't a game where it's like we have to have our best guys out constantly. I yeah, think well, it's good for the long run. It's good because you can get your depth in, and I think it's a good experience for the guy. So I think it's hard to do that. You don't want to start focus. When do you want to start focusing in on your five or six guys so that? When I it comes mean, time, I thought in the order sure. they gave a bunch of touches to Lad McConkey and AD Mitchell, and I think they tried to get Darnell in the game plan a decent bit last week. So I think they, they kind of started it last week, Paul. Well, I'm saying the stats. I mean, when the the snaps. I mean, the snaps last week. Like it was like Darnell Brock, or Brock for the most part in the tight end room. Lad AD did not really come off the field rarely. You know, it was a sprinkle in of Kyrus, Rosemary Jackson. Like those four guys are the are the main four. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. If, I don't know if there's if you it is the POS. Two, it is the POS, man. I, I I don't know how many spoons you can get in there to stir if you have have wide receivers. If 15 is too many, or is it just the perfect amount? It seems like you could be Texas A&M. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's nice that Jason's here. Jason, I think our freshman bet from week one, how awful Paul's pick was, was fantastic. His 30 yard prediction for Dylan Bell, not yeah. Starks getting the pick. You're welcome, Paul, since I still own you. <laughs> hey, Dylan Bell played well. You were a week off on Dylan Bell. I was. I was a week off, and so was Eddie. Eddie's still here with us. He was a week off. He said Michael Williams was going to get a sack. and he Michael got started. I, I'll give Eddie some props. Uh, just so you – Paul, he didn't – Dylan Bell barely played. I but, but hey, hey, real quick, I, I put my money where my mouth was with, uh, with uh, the, uh, the pick for Oregon. I said Georgia would cover and to put money on it, and there you go. I just want to throw that out there. Oh, let's uh, let's update the. I'm pretty sure Ooh. Sanford. I, I said oh. I said Georgia would not cover. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. You got to remind I'm down, me. Then. I'm down. You two. Yeah, let's don't. let's Sam, update this here. Uh, I had to bring in Eddie so he could say he was right. <laughs> oh, I was. Oh, yeah, I, I, I won the bet with Starks. I won the freshman bet. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm you did the first game. Rack. That's right, you did. I I, I gave you props last week. You won that bet. You're absolutely right. As it stands right now, Jason and Ben uh, from the Sunday Night Call-In Show, we did this. Uh, ben had Georgia covering 55 and a half for Sanford, which it was even lower, which we gave you points. Uh, yeah. And so Jason and I are both 2-0 and right now, and you're 1-1. One and one, So congrats on that. Uh, the rest of these games are going to be tough to I, make I, I should get an extra point or half point for for the quality pit or for the, the – Sure. Whatever sure, it yeah, is. We'll yeah. we'll we'll Very good. Paul, you're not – For Oregon, because I said definitely put money on the Oregon uh, spread. You're right. You're right. Fair. That's, that's half a point. As long as Georgia covers versus Kentucky, that's all that matters. So Paul takes the fattest L possible. <laughs> you are. You are right, Cliff. We appreciate it, man. Got to go. Have a great night. We appreciate you. So, um, 
Paul, I have a question for you. Just from an overreaction show, I think this is perfect for it. Do you think Kirby in the back of his mind was secretly like, hmm, I like this outcome. This outcome is good. This outcome is fuel for me all week in practice. Yep. One million percent because we saw, we, uh, I think it was a press conference, I don't know when, sometime last week, where he said that mm-hmm. uh, the team did not have, uh, like, their, it was their worst practice. Monday was uh, the good one, Tuesday was the bad one. Yeah. yeah. And so now he can use this to say, guys, everybody in the world thought we were going to beat them by 52. Vegas is, I, I don't think he's going to bring He's not going to bring up Vegas. No. Yeah. <laughs> it would be funny if he did. Yeah. But, you know, well, everybody thought what Vegas says. Right. Mm-hmm. And Vegas is, like I said, Vegas is not normally this wrong to where they're off by 19 points. That's a pretty big swing. You lose a lot of money if you're a bookie and, and you're off by 19 points. You can't be a bookie for very long. So something happened here. And go ahead, Roddy. Well, didn't they say the, the spread last week was 17? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Georgia won by 46. Yeah, so maybe maybe the books just don't have a read on Georgia at all. Maybe this is big. I money. would I would argue that you look at the way Georgia played and they should have put up the points. They should have yeah. covered this game. It's just miss. they, they just did, slight misses. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was Cliff who, who had the comment earlier about how Kirby's not going to be happy that Samford held Georgia to thirty three. Georgia held itself to thirty three. Yes, Georgia's offense just did not come and bring it to a game the way that it did last week. I think there was a little bit of a hangover. Defense two, two pick sixes, at least two. Right. Yeah, Bullard Bullard had one that was uh, easy. Like Mm -hmm. walk in backwards on your hands and, you know, like you had it. Right. Can I I ask Brent two questions here? Okay. Yeah, he's a PhD, so. Yeah, I know. He's a doctor, so thank you. Not a real one. Thank you so much for what you do on the film Don't Lie. I love that. I've learned so much. I really appreciate what you do. And – on the Bill Shanks show. Great listening to you there. Two questions for you. One, are you a little bit concerned with how Stetson Bennett threw the ball tonight? Because it seemed like he was a little bit off, overthrowing, underthrowing guys. They made good catches. And two, we only have two, we only have one sack, excuse me, in eight quarters of football. Does that concern you at all? So no and no. Okay. And the first, the first no. I mean, you think about the first one that he missed to Jackson Meeks that would have been a touchdown. Like, he literally had just come in the game because A.D. Mitchell mm-hmm. has tweaked his ankle. Right. So that's a, you know, a timing maybe with an eight with A.D. in the game that that's a touchdown because he's just – it's early in the game. You haven't really got fully in rhythm yet. If you're if you guy that you're out there with, for the most part, your first-team guys with, with you, you probably hit that. The, the part that maybe concerned me just a little bit was we were a little bit when you're high throwing the Bowers and Darnell, mm-hmm. like that's, you know, that's a little something you got to clean that's up. That's mechanic. That's, that's mechanically. Talking. That's just being not being detailed enough, but it's just bare misses. So that I'm not concerned. The sacks part also is because teams are getting rid of the ball in like they Sanford was just hot potato with the QB almost catch it, get rid of it. I don't worry too. I mean, too much about that. The, the will. The only thing that I would say is, in certain definitive third down situations, you've not been able to get some pressure. But I, I don't. I don't worry too much about sacks. I care way more about uh, pressures than I do sacks because sacks are pressures are more consistent and stable. Sacks are very unstable. But I would say the back end is better this year, so it really doesn't. Hundred percent. Strength yeah. of the team. Strength of the defense. Told you, Paul. 
That's I wish you wouldn't have said that, Brent, because I knew that crap was coming from Ben. I knew it. I I saw. I said it because I heard it when I got when I came on. I heard Ben say that. I just had to mess with you. Funny story about you know saying Kirby that that he would love the outcome. It's the very first time I met him was during uh, the quarantine. Sort of, we've started playing. We played basketball, and he came and played basketball one night. I introduced myself, and I said, I said, by the way, I also work for PFF. He's like, oh yeah. And this is the, his first words to me in any conversation. You're the guy who tells them tells them they're great, and I have to bring them back down to earth. <laughs> nice. First thing he says to me. So he's always looking for fuel to bring people back, you know, and coach and bring them back down to where they want to be. Speaking of uh, Eddie, I'll tell you this. Um, I was speaking to a guy who knows Kirby really well. And after that Tuesday press conference where he said this was the worst practice we had, as Jason mentioned, that Monday was like one of the best practices we've had. Tuesday was one of the worst. And he said, I can tell you right now, I knew Kirby was going to say it was the worst practice they had. Doesn't, doesn't matter if they had it good or not. That's a message to kind of kick them in the butt. It may have been even a good practice, but he was going to tell them that because he wanted to bring them down to earth. you know. So I think Brent kind of nails it with the whole the idea that Texas A&M losing, perfect for him. Uh, Texas, uh, Texas almost beating Alabama, perfect for him. Only four, three points in the second half, perfect for him. Because, again, when you go in Monday and that practice Tuesday is going to be tough, and when he pushes these kids to the grindstone, it's tough to say, look, you guys need to step it up after you've won 49-3. to three. You know, But when you've only beat a team that you should have won by 52, you know, and – he doesn't. He can say, "Look, we look how many points we left off the field, and every one of my superstars. Hey, you know, Arik, you had a chance to catch a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. You didn't get it. Brock Bowers, you had a chance to catch a touchdown pass. You didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Aladdin McConkey, you had a chance for a touchdown pass. You didn't do it. Uh, Darnell hey, Washington, you had a chance. You know, hey Jackson Meeks, you want to step up and be the Jack, next guy? Jackson Meeks, you know, come on, uh, everybody. I, I, the pick sixes that Eddie mentioned, there two at least three. I mean, you should have had two pick sixes, one from um, uh, Javon Bullard, one from uh, Malachi Starks, and Malachi should have had another pick. Mm-hmm. What did they do last week? Second, third drives for Oregon, they had picks. You know, you want to beat a team 49 to three, you get some turnovers. Uh, they had a fumble that you were able to flip, you know, but point being, just the small execution. There was a ball rolling on the ground on the they ground. Had that Georgia too. had 14 mm-hmm. people standing around it and nobody jumped on it. Who was standing over at the biggest? Number five, Keely Ringo, you know, your, mm-hmm. your game changer. Again, I, I could be wrong about that, but I just saw he was in that pile over there. But point being, Kirby's going to be able to go to his guys and come out just like he did Tuesday, mad as hell. Even though, yeah, you still did really well, you know, and he'll be able to use this as motivation going forward. So I think um, Jason, Ben, and Eddie nailed it. It's it's really the perfect combo because it's um, it's a game where they didn't have to stress, but you can still bring up all these points and, and say, well, maybe you're not as good as people think you are. And it doesn't cost you an SEC championship. Exactly. And you didn't lose, and you didn't have to put all your plays on the field in a tight game like Pittsburgh and Tennessee tonight. Yep. And uh, it's 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 a really good combo. It's a good it's, – it's the – it's a weird type of wake up call. I, mean, it's, it, yeah. I, don't, I don't even want to call it a wake up call, but like, no, it is know. though. I think it is. It's 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 interesting because I mean, I'm looking at some of the comments, and one one that stood out was we're complaining about winning thirty three nothing, and it's 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, when the offense doesn't perform the way they perform, uh, you're, you're going to question it. And the thing is, I don't think that there's anything to worry about long term. It's just they didn't, they didn't play well. And I think that you can use a game against an FCS opponent where you shut them out and you can still hammer the points that everybody here is saying while at the same time, in the moment, you didn't have to stress or worry that, you know, that, that something was going to go wrong and there was going to be some sort of app state moment happening at San, or, or Nichols for that matter. Oh, that was God. the closest that it's that that sort of things ever happened in Athens. So it's uh, totally irrelevant. I get it. It doesn't matter. Who's the number one team in, on Tuesday? Georgia. You think it will be? I don't. I don't. Nah, it'll I don't. still be Alabama. Jason so knows these voters better than anybody. It'll still be Alabama. I think so yes. too. I told you they're prime scum, man. I mean, like Texas. Texas yeah, isn't a ranked team, obviously, and I don't think anybody Texas expects. Move up. They'll move up. But te- Texas has the Texas name recognition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing you playing mean, a team like Texas that has has good players on the roster, uh, on the you road. You think George? You you think you think Alabama's still going to be number one? Yes. Yeah. I why? Know. Who? Who's jumping Georgia? Voters, who's well? They shouldn't be, but I think that they will be by the voters. Mm-hmm. That's just it's That's just right. the voters. I mean, last week they had like sixty some first place votes to Georgia's eight. I, I think maybe it changed. Yeah. Georgia gets twenty first place votes to Bama's I can like see that. forty something. Well, I, I think the, the narrative has already the narrative has already begun. Look, Texas is better than we thought. They went on the road and they had a huge game. And Bryce Young. They saved their he saved their bacon. It's already begun, so they just make excuses for them, and they're they're, they're going to remain number one, whatever. But really, you could also make excuses that they beat the backup injured quarterback. I mean, they took out their starter, and then the backup quarterback was limping the whole time. He couldn't put any much weight on his leg. Wait, so injuries are really, doesn't have a quarterback. Basically. Injuries are an excuse, or they're not. Explain that to me. <laughs> don't, yeah. I mean, which is yeah. it? Which is it? You're, Eddie, I don't know, Eddie. You're a funny guy. Eddie's, Eddie's got a point, though, because when you look at it, uh, the voters will say, well, yeah, you beat the backup quarterback, but you beat him on the road, you know, and you didn't lose. So you did what you're supposed to. You're in a tough environment. And Georgia only won 33 to nothing. Only 33 to nothing. And, I and, 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 Georgia's head coach is upset that they only won 33 to nothing. So, you know what? Let's Hell, leave Kirby's it. probably lobbying. Don't put us number one. That's rat poison. Don't put yeah, us number one. I, I, I need this so. game to, to humble my players. I'm going to be rip them on Monday and on the film review and walk through Tuesday in the hard practice. I'm going to have them just chomping at the bit like they were against Michigan when they line up against uh, South Carolina. So whatever you do, he's probably calling uh, voters right now. Do not put us number one. Uh, you will never get another ticket to Sanford State if you put us number one. I will. Do you, do you like your dog? You know, so I'm just saying he's uh, Kirby's big on motivation. He's also big on the execution. And if all of a sudden they're like, well, hell, Kirby, you're yelling at us, but we're number one in the, in the country right now. I don't think he wants them to be number one. Also, just voters – on the West Coast, Midwest, who aren't as familiar with Georgia, who didn't watch the game, they, they, they'll see 33 nothing, and they will say, oh, well, we're not moving them ahead of the number one team who played a Big 12 opponent today, even though they're not the Texas of old. Um, that It's just, like Eddie said, the narrative is what it is. The, the, Georgia would have had to have covered one by 60, 65 today for, for mm-hmm. such a thing to actually happen. 33 nothing. that's not going to get the job done for voters who aren't familiar with Georgia. Here's something not every last word says uh, on YouTube says anybody who watched Bama, Texas would see the holes in the Crimson Tide. 
These receivers are not what they were used to and didn't get separation until late when Texas DBs were gassed. Not great speed. So it doesn't matter where if Georgia goes up to number one or stays at number two. We all know, I think everybody knows, that this Alabama team definitely has flaws that oh, Georgia can big time take advantage of. I, I think many. I think here's the thing about Alabama. Every team in the last five, six years, they've always had two guys that you say that's a first or second round wide receiver. I don't think you can convincingly say that about any of their wide receivers this year. Their corners are still a weakness, and their offensive line has not been run blocking well. Like yet, like today, Texas was shutting down. They couldn't run the ball for anything today. So I think that if you can't physical Georgia, if your DBs are susceptible and you have receivers who aren't first, second round level talent, Georgia hasn't had to face the Bama team with that many flaws. But I also think that Bryce Young and Will Anderson are still so special, and I think that they have a lot of time to fix things up. So I think Bama still might be the toughest test for Georgia when they inevitably, I think, will end up still having to play them. But I think that Georgia's schedule, and this is the last point I was going to make, was Georgia's schedule sets up really good the first half of the season because you have a lot of time to get your defense ready, Florida and Tennessee. And I think by the time they face those teams, their defense are going to be there, and I think their experienced offense. I think that I'm probably, when you look at the schedule and how other teams have played, I'm even more confident about Georgia going 12-0 and in the regular season. You know, you said, how they played and how the season's scheduled early. You, ben, you just said Will Will Anderson is an awesome player, and he is, no doubt about it. Yes. How many how many immature plays did he make today? Yeah, he there were a lot of them. That, there were like I two mean, or three that I can remember. Yeah, pretty bad. He should not be making plays like that. They I were tripling stopped. him today. I, I think that was a part of the reason where they were down, they were tripling him, and he could not get any sacks. And it was a lot of frustration for him. And you can't do that if you're going to be an elite player. I mean, he he has all the talent, but you can't do that. And on that last drive, though, he showed up with a big sack. No, sure. Mm-hmm. Marlon Green says young might uh, be too young might be beat up too much by the SEC championship. That uh, offensive line they've got over Alabama is terrible. Marlon, right. Marlon always has good points. Yeah, Marlon Marlon keeps it keeps it going. Oh, and Amari coming with the Heat. Auburn six, San Jose ten. My argument is you could be Auburn. Oh, oh boy! Wow, or Texas A and M. Can can we can we? Talk? I know this is all about. That's gonna be a great game. Game. Now, hey, we we, Eddie, we can rip on other teams. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna ask you guys how crazy was that play when Bryce Young got sacked in the end zone, and that should have been a safety, and Texas should have won that game with that safety. So that was, was his good. shin not down? His shin was down. No, when he when the ball, and I I, I was so down. confused and blown away by that whole sequence where. They called roughing, which that should never been called. That, Call that, that targeting if you want, because you automatically review it and you can take it away. So I don't. I mean, that's 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 fine. I don't care about that. But but when you review it, how do you not like his shin was down? Yeah, I I I'm, I didn't understand how that that ended up being an incomplete pass. And Jason, even if his shin wasn't down, the ball hit off a Texas guy and went out of bounds. Right, it would have been a safety right there. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I, I was so confused. Uh, horrible officiating. Uh, that was awful. Yeah. It should have been two points in Texas ball. Also, Texas right. had left seven points on the board. Well, the refs also left four points on the board, for, in my opinion. There was the face mask, which they would have been set up inside the three first down. That could have set them up with four instead of three. And then that missed field goal before the half was oh. so awful. Oh, I God. still don't know what I, – I think it might have been blocked or the hold might have been bad because that – doesn't make any sense to me. That should. You're right. That that face mask that, was so that, 
blatant. The guys that he turned his head yeah. this way, and the ref standing right they, there, no the flag. I they mean, do not call face masks on Alabama, especially not in the fourth quarter. That's seven points Alabama would have had to get. I'm trying to think. What what was the final score of that game? Because then it would have been 2019. 19 one point. point. The one point win. The safety would have won it. The field goal at the uh, end of the. And again, I would, it would have been a nine point lead. Yeah. yeah. With that last. Yeah. No matter what, I mean, te- Texas would have won that game if it wasn't for those two things. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Chase Alabama struggled in three of their last uh, four uh, P5 games. It's fair to suggest that the SEC championship game against Georgia wasn't a complete outlier for the last several games. Eh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Could Georgia play Arkansas this year in the SEC title? Arkansas looking good to me. I'm liking what Arkansas's doing. They do look good. That would when, when does Arkansas play Alabama? When is when does that match up? Because if it's soon it's later in the year, I think. Ah, uh, see, I was gonna say if it's soon, then maybe, yeah. But if it's later in the year, I don't I don't know. I think KJ Jefferson, I'm not saying he's an elite quarterback, but I think he's the most underrated SEC quarterback. I think that a lot of people downplay him. I think he's one of the better SEC quarterbacks. I don't know about NFL talent, but that guy's a load to bring down, and he's underrated in terms of his accuracy to me. I, I like KJ Jefferson a lot. So here's here's Alabama. Here's Alabama's uh, rest of their schedule. They've got Louisiana Monroe at home. They've got Vanderbilt at home. Then they got they have to go to Arkansas. Then they have Texas A&M at home. Then they have to go to Tennessee, Mississippi State at home. Then they have to go to LSU and Old Miss. That's those are four pretty tough away. They're games. not going to lose another game. Alabama? What's no. LSU? I mean, LSU looked awful. No, I'm just yeah. but LSU Death Valley at Arkansas night. is going to be their toughest contest. It is, and then maybe Ole Miss. You don't think Tennessee can hang? No, Tennessee is almost lost the pit. Pitt's not terrible. It's not bad. They're not great they're, either. They're, they're not great. Defense. They're not terrible. <laughs> but uh, going out, I mean, Ole Miss. I it's, a, it's at Tennessee, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a little later in the Tennessee year. Tennessee has one weapon this year. Last hey, year. what about Jimbo? Jimbo's going to get him, guys. Come on. You know that. You know, it's funny. You say that. <laughs> that probably would happen. They would lose to App State and beat Alabama. That is a Jimbo season. Much. I think who who they lose to Mississippi State like beat the crap out of A and M like in Kyle Field and then like the next week they beat Alabama. Yeah, it's yeah. again that's that's a Jimbo Fisher team. Hands out. Yeah, you can't discount the familiarity when it comes to just them knowing each other, having played against each other, worked together. All that stuff matters. Paul, hey, Jason, 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 this has driven me crazy. Is Mike Leach? Sorry, say what. Sorry, I know uh, Jason's going to bet Mississippi State over Bam with his favorite coach of all time, Mike Leach. Nah, nah, not, <laughs> not that game. I don't. It's not that I, I. You're confusing Mike Leach with Jeff Collins because yeah, Mike Mike oh, Leach I don't dislike. I don't dislike Mike Leach. I just it's just you get what you get with him. You know, in big games the defense isn't going to show up. You're going to get a lot of offense and you're not going to get a running game. You're going to get a lot of passing yards. I mean, Jeff Collins is a clown. I mean, not to go off hey, on a crazy. <laughs> oh, oh, right, yeah. right. There's a whole diatribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rockdale County High School senior, by God. Uh, this is just uh, Mike Leach. Where he's probably a nice person, sure, but as a coach, Mike no. Leach wear mom jeans better than Jeff Collins, though. That's my question. <laughs> nah, I, nah. I'm going out on a limb here. By the end of the season, Brian Bohannon will be the head coach at uh, Georgia Tech, and he'll bring back the triple option to the to the plant to the uh, flats. 
I will mm. one up you. I will one up you. Deion Sanders will be the yeah. next Georgia Tech head That's coach. What I think. He's smarter than that. <laughs> yeah, he's way smarter than you, isn't he? I Man. thought if Florida State lost last week, that Deion would be the head coach within like days. At least their fans would make him the head coach within days. I'm just saying, Deion to ATL would be crazy. Yeah, I don't think you would do Brian it. Bo- hey, they they need Brian Bohannon. That is a up and coming coach. He's 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 a badass. To run the option in 2022 or 2023. Hmm? Was to that? run the option in 2023. Yeah, I mean, hell, it's- I mean. It's it's such a different game now. More they are now. You can't you can't get recruits the way that Paul Johnson could in the late two thousands when you could no. still get some guys that come run that offense. Like guys don't want to do that anymore. With the pool, I, I think, think can. unless you're Army, Navy, or Air Force, you should be banned from running that offense. <laughs> I think that should be tradition. <laughs> point that if you run that offense or that, otherwise, I do not want to see that trash on my TV screen. Or with my eyeballs. Nor have to prepare for it because Kirby said they prepared for it starting in August for that yeah. game. Well, that's that's that's, that's the one thing that could time. help tech. That's the one thing that could help tech is yes. you have to have something different. Well, when right. when Paul Johnson was good, when he was good those years, I mean it was you know, every three years or so when they were actually competitive in the ACC, it was yeah, you had seniors who could run that offense masterfully and every team has to wait until the week of to, to prepare for it. And that is really hard to do. But, well, here's the thing, Jason. Are teams doing the same thing for Tennessee? No. Do you, practice, but, do you, practice, do you take one segment of your uh, practice every week to worry to work against that hurry up offense that they run? No, I mean, so many teams do that. I think you're 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 practicing against tempo all over the place. Every team is these days. But I mean, do all the teams run as fast as Tennessee does? Tennessee runs pretty fast. Um, yeah, but t- t- there are other teams. I mean. <laughs> Tennessee's not the only team that tra- that goes at, that fast. They, they definitely execute very, very well. Tempo is different than triple option cut. Well, I know. I'm just saying. That. That, but I mean, that's when, when you do it differently, or at least so much better than everybody else. You're like, yeah. hey, we we can't wait till the week of to practice yeah. going up against a team with this sort of tempo. So, hey, maybe on Thursdays or Wednesdays, you know, and sec- uh, segment twenty three. We bring the scout team on to see if they can knock out, you know, tell them to go balls to the wall and try to get our substitutions in, try to deal with something at that speed. Hey, Jason, this has been driving me crazy. Explain the painting behind you. Is that Egyptian? <laughs> what, what is that? Oh, yeah. No, it's African. Um, African. So my wife's uh, – my wife's – my father-in-law, I guess is the proper term. My wife's he, dad? Yeah, 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 my father-in-law. He uh, – he like in the seventies or something went backpacking in Africa and uh, maybe Morocco. This is where it's from. Yeah, it's some crazy art that uh, he took back and then just like gave it to us uh, when we. Oh, so that's like real deal, right? Oh, it's real deal. Yeah, it's like African art from the from that's the seventies. So cool. I, it's just been I, it, I, every time I see you. It's <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. If you want some uh, Egyptian art, we have a bunch of papyrus in the living room. I can change spots, and you can check it out. Oh, that's cool. Speaking of art, Eddie, that's a perfect segue for what's on your shirt. What's on my shirt? Yeah, what's on your shirt? This is 7-6 Chance 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Big sponsor of the show. One of the the best shirts ever. Yeah, the 76.com guys, if you don't already know Chase Kelly, Chance Kelly, they, they do a phenomenal job. 
over the statistics. Uh, their shirts, I've got one on right now. See if I can back up without knocking this. Hey, uh, I love the fact that he took last week and made it into a shirt. I've been to Athens and I like it. That yeah. is fantastic. Dude, yes, yeah. Uh, Dane bought one Dane of those immediately. One. That is so yeah. awesome. Hey, who yeah. was the guest picker that said that? Jack Harlow, the yep. rapper. I got to get that, man. That's, That's really awesome. cool. I've been to Athens and I like it. That's what he said when he there played. Three people said the same this thing. is all right. So Jack Harlow, not to go off on a tangent, he right before he blew up, he was supposed to play at the Georgia Theater. And I looked him up and I was like, Yeah, he's pretty cool. I'll be the oldest person there, but you know, why not? <laughs> and uh I thought I, I was really close to buying tickets, and then that was right, like uh, COVID hit hit like a, maybe a few weeks later and Next thing you know, um, all you know, every concert got canceled, and so, and then, and then he blew up to the point where like he'll he'll never perform in Athens. <laughs> yeah, that's Just uh, he he uh, outgrew way, Athens during the pandemic. Not only did he say it, Corso echoed it. He said the exactly. Same thing. Yeah. Was yeah. is he the guy that sings First Class? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a good song. So, not to get too off topic, guys, but yeah, they can make shirts, and that's what they do. They make shirts for the occasion you see eddie right there rocking the 2021 i've got a champion t right here and not only are these things good looking they're comfortable as hell too but that, that's not are. his best work his best it's, work it's i won't great look material look, it's click, so on that. click on the belt. yeah i was getting to it i was getting to it. look at this man this is crazy i uh, love the right state of georgia logo with the helmet stripes on it and he also yeah. does one with the braves and now here's the thing you know you can get the <laughs> look at uh, that that's awesome that's, yeah, really I mean, nice. that's just badass. And I, you don't even have to be a huge, uh, you know, Georgia Bulldogs fan to think that is cool. My point being, I'm going to start tucking my shirts in to wear that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now, you get that muffin top like I got, you, it doesn't help you any. But I'm Eddie, saying, Jack, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, uh, Eddie hits the gym every morning, night, day, every time he can. But no, that hat, I, and that's just a bad. And the point being, they come up with some great design. So, and again, this is Georgia fans creating gear for Georgia fans. This isn't, I mean, this started out like a garage. This wasn't, yep. this isn't fanatics and I got nothing against fanatics. They, we found out uh, right now you can go to fanatics and get actual Georgia jerseys with players names on the back. So I feel, you know, I, I'd want to go get one for AJ green. I remember him getting busted. Oh, yeah. Hey, Lottie, what I love about chances shirts and seven, six is that they're personal. They, they mean something to us. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yep. it, it, sometimes you have to figure it out. Other people are really like, what is that? What does burn the boats mean? We yep. know what it means. Yep. Or he'll, he'll create a cogs or geese t-shirt for us right now. Yeah. I mean, so guys, go to the 76.com, use code POS22, get 20% off your order. And like I said, these, these shirts are awesome. I wore this duck hunt shirt. I think three times this week to target just because it was I, just be it, it wasn't even like it was kind of because I wanted somebody to ask, you know, like, oh, that shirt's pretty sick. And I could say, like, yeah, you know, I got like a podcast that's sponsored and what like not like that, you know, like kind of reel them in, but also it's super comfortable too. So I just wore it and I wore it today to go uh yeah. pick up some some stuff from Target. Yeah, I and, wear my Saturdays in Athens shirt that he sent me because it's actually one of the few cotton shirts I like. Yeah, they they are amazing. So check out the guys at the76.com. Use code POS22. Get yourself a cool new shirt. They're going to have shirts throughout the year. And also, they don't just do shirts. They're there for everything. They've got these belts. They've got these hats. The belts are unbelievable. And if you like other schools, too, 
besides uh, the, the hey, uh, While you're screwing with that, uh, I want you to call it the Brave stuff because we have a lot of Brave stuff. Oh, I love that shirt. Amen shirt, right. the Masters yeah, shirt. I'm going to yeah. show this, the, the Amen corner shirt right there. Mm -hmm. That's pretty sick. Uh, but, yeah, they've also got a bunch of Brave stuff as well over here on the 7-6. Look at here. So this uh, this is relevant because this just came out, Von Grissom. I thought it was going to be a Met, which would have been terrible. <laughs> so they, have, they have a shirt for that right there uh, that just, First you know. place yeah. up in the sky. Here's the, here's the, uh, the Braves belt right here. That's, That's cool. Great. That's yeah. awesome. That's clean. So. They're they're doing great work over there, and you uh, doing that stuff. I'm gonna sit here and uh, talk about some of these other people, though. Well, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I like the what the where Paul Johnson was said because every team was taking a bye week off before playing Georgia Tech, giving them an extra week to prepare. Yeah, hey, sucks to be you, Paul Johnson, but if you're gonna run that to a weird offense, people are gonna take time to uh, figure it out. You know, well, they had to. I mean, yeah, exactly. And, um. That Ooh. one. Uh, go ahead. Alabama always gets that extra person playing in the games. Name of the person you <laughs> rep. <laughs> hey, I have I have a meme uh, weekly tweet about the referees. Uh, not so much this week. Again, Georgia played a very clean game. Uh, they played it, more importantly the first game of the year last week against Oregon. What like four or five penalties? Very clean. But you see, the first time uh, Alabama gets in a tough game. They set a record for penalties under Nick Saban. Just did not look like a normal thing. But what did they have, Roddy? Fifteen penalties. I think it was fifteen. So normally the refs are pretty fair to them, and when it matters the most, it seems they get the best calls, like with that safety situation. But they did get busted a lot by the referees, and I I rip on the refs all the time. But I will say, look, they they threw flags on Alabama nonstop. So until yeah. until they decided not to. Until <laughs> the most important part of the game. We're, we're, we're yeah. the safety and the face mask. Yep. Keep yep. it in the pocket. Hey, Eddie, do you mind if we bring Jeremy on? No, of course not. You kicking right. me off? Well, no, yeah. hey, with that in mind, I got to get back to some editing. So you can keep oh, Eddie on and I can get out. All right, and, um, well, I'll keep Eddie on. See yeah. you, Jason. All right, I'll Thank take care. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Jeremy, what's up, brother? Not much, Jeremy. guys, man. Just finally, finally getting a chance to tune in. I've uh, – you know, I remember last week I had I was having a I was on baby baby duty having to put him down for the night. So yeah, finally get a chance to tune back in. Uh, yeah, go get him, man. Yeah, yeah. You uh, already put him. You want to see? He wants to the baby. Yeah. <laughs> he was asleep. You didn't uh, have to move him. I know. You just held him. He wasn't was, doing anything. He was asleep in your arms. You didn't have to go yeah. put him down. Well, I know. And short. I guess. I guess he likes listening to y'all's tones because shortly thereafter, so, as soon as I cut y'all off, it wasn't long. He started waking up. So. See? There you go. I guess he just liked listening to y'all talk. So I'll can put anybody <laughs> to sleep. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get that a lot. I get that a lot. What's your thoughts uh, on the game, Jeremy? Man, you know, like I was mentioning to y'all last week, uh, I'm a defense guy, so I really can't be upset. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to see a little more offense. I'm sure, like everybody else did, but man. I think I heard y'all. I think I got the tune in earlier. And with the defense allowed three first downs the whole game, yeah. man, how can I be upset with that? Uh, you know, I did offense kind of misfired earlier. It looked like maybe Stetson was a little too pumped up. You know, had some high throws early on. Uh, you know, the way I kind of had it, what I really took from today was really, it looked to me more like a, just a glorified scrimmage is what it looked mm -hmm. like to me. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. a, Just an extra spring game. 
but one thing that did stand out to me, something I was texting some friends, and forgive me if y'all, if this is something y'all have already noted or, or brought up earlier tonight. Don't worry about it. Ben brings up uh, stuff five or I, six times. <laughs> I didn't so. see it last week, but you know, because that butt kicking was so dominant, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to nitpick too much. But today, another thing I noticed, I didn't really see what I call the home run play today. You know, no deep. You know, they had some long passes, but no deep bombs for a one touchdown. No explosive time. runs for 30, 20, 30 yards, uh, you know, sorry. for touchdowns. And that's one thing that does concern me a little. Like, you know, if we get into a, a dog fight with someone, you know, I like that we can grind it out. We can drive the length of the field and go punch it in. But, you know, if time is not on our side, is there somebody that can hit the hole and be gone? You know, that's that's what I'm still waiting to see. Hey, I, I, I'll say I think I think they kept it completely vanilla today, right? I mean, they're they're playing Sanford, and I agree with you, Jeremy. Totally, there wasn't. Now they did try that one pass over the top to 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 Jackson Meeks, right? And he missed that. Yeah. That was really to me the only. You're right. There was the, that was the only home run that I saw, and the running game was pretty vanilla. I mean, if you want to call it that, they were making some plays, but there were a couple of times Bowers caught one in wide open and they shoestring tackled him right and he would have been gone so there was a couple plays that were really close that could have gone to the house but i i'm with you it was totally vanilla it's samford we got south carolina next week we're not showing anything let's just scrimmage like you said absolutely yeah that and uh uh what I mean, just real quick, what what do y'all think that line is next week going into Columbia? Like seventeen, like the Oregon game, or what do y'all think? Man. Yeah, I think yeah. So. Probably twenty one. I was thinking twenty five and a half. My my first number in my head was twenty four and a half. So yeah, somewhere right around there. I could even see it maybe getting up to twenty seven. Um, it, it's going to be up there, I think. Yeah, we need Patrick Garbin to call in. I know he's working on all the videos and stuff, but Patrick is a savant at picking or predicting yeah. what the lines are going to be, and that dude's freakish. All right, so so here's the, the line they had before the season uh, for FPI because we did this on a call-in show one night. Uh, South Carolina was minus 20. So hmm. they had Sanford as minus 55. When was that, Paul? When was that? This was uh, like t- t- a month ago. Okay. A month and a half ago, when e- it's the ESPN FPI, like their football power index, they it's gonna did be higher than it's gonna yeah, be so it's, it's minus 20. So, um, it's probably going to be a little higher than that, would be my mm-hmm. guess. But you know, I, I think overall, you you take this game, you 33 nothing, Kirby's going to whoop their butts in practice. And dang, Roddy, you just poured like half that bottle into the shut company. up, man. Hey, this okay. feather stuff is really, really good. This is the uh, Georgia Hartwood fifty-eight point five. Uh, good thing we good thing we don't have too much time left on the show. We, you might not make it, brother. Dude, this is the most awarded <laughs> craft whiskey, the stuff from Fiddler. So they go out to that San Francisco, uh, what do they call it, the uh, World Spirits Competition. It's basically the national championship for whiskeys, and they were the That's most the awarded craft distillery. So shout out to our friends over at. Uh, good God. So Keely Ringo makes it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the uh, I mean, when you're the most awarded craft distillery, and you know, you're it's ASW Distillery. They, dude, the Braves are in first place. Why? 
because there's a tasting room from ASW Distillery inside the battery over there at the uh, Tourist Park. So I'm just telling you, try it. <laughs> Good God, that's like a whole glass of sweet tea. This my, we can't go. We can't go much longer. We really can't. That's a, yeah. hey, uh, Jeremy Georgia one thirty three nothing right. That's right. It's a win. You've given up in two games. I don't care who you're playing against because you put in your third, fourth, and fifth string. Yep. You've given up one field goal in two games. So the average teams are averaging against Georgia right now 1.5 points a game. I'm not a math genius, and I've had a lot of this uh, ASW, uh, uh, this Fiddler bourbon. But, yeah. and then, of course, on the whole watch it, the watch along show, I'm drinking uh, Next by Bud Light. So, it's a good job to have. But point being, 1.5 points a game through two games, Every and you lost eight players to the NFL draft. So I'm, I'm smoking my uh, Cohibas. I'm drinking my ASW beer. I mean, my ASW bourbon. It's time to celebrate. You're 2-0. This is the golden age of Georgia football. I'm not trying to crap on anybody, anything that happened in 1980, anything under Rick, anything under Coach Donnan. But right now, you are getting fantastic recruits. You got players like Michael Williams, a true freshman, Brock Bowers, a sophomore, A.D. Uh, Mitchell, Ladd McConkey, Stetson Bennett, you know, uh, Roderick Jones, who I thought had a good game. He missed blockage too here. But when you bring your backup right tackle is a Marius Mims, mm-hmm. the number one offensive tackle in the country a few years ago. That's your backup right tackle. Your recruiting is through the roof. Your plays are through the roof, and people are bitching about a 33 to nothing victory. This is the golden era of Georgia football. So your staff is phenomenal. So, hey, we'll have a, a, a victory Cohiba and a, a victory pour from uh, ASW Distillery. So Because this is the beginning, Roddy. This is the it's, beginning, not the tail end. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to soak it all in, uh, you know, Paul, you always like – I think you said you like hearing where the guys uh, – where we're uh, listening from. Yes. Give me some of, some of my background. So I live in a town called Mont Bellevue, Texas now, which is outside of Houston. Okay. Uh, so I'm pulling hard for the Dylan Bell, Julian Humphrey guy. Yeah, um, yep. I'm originally from the Nashville area, uh, born okay. and raised there. Family's all Tennessee fans. Oh, God uh, bless so I switched. So I switched to – when I was a little boy, I, I fell in love with the uh, – we were down in Destin, Florida on a trip – and I saw this Bulldog logo on one of these shops that we were in where they would do uh, print screens, I guess. And you, they had all, you know, the, all the SEC teams in there. That's how I, where I first saw the Bulldog. Fell in love from there purely simply because of the Bulldog. And it grew into uh, following the team as I got older. Uh, That's wild. I still, uh, and I still, I hope Tennessee does well on the side every Saturday but one. And I hope we <laughs> curb stomp them, you know, on that one Saturday. Um because you know the whole family, I'm the, I'm the kind of the black sheep. I'm the Georgia fan out of everybody pulling for the big orange up there. Uh, but huh. I, back in the day, man, back in the '90s when it was Tennessee kicking Georgia's head in and Florida kicking Georgia Georgia's head in, and I used to ask my dad, man, I was like, I was like, when is it going to be Georgia's turn? You know, yeah. like, and I would cry, like when I I seriously as a little boy, I would cry when Tennessee and Florida would beat them. And he's like, man, he's like, son, everything's cyclical. He goes, Georgia's time, it's coming. He goes, but he goes, right now, we, right now we got it. But I'm, 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 I'm landing that plane, Roddy. I'm, I'm saying all that to say, uh, you know, I'm getting to thoroughly uh, enjoy this time and relish this time that Georgia's getting to dominate. And I hope, you know, I hope all these other fans do too. Jeremy, yeah. you don't wear arms, do you? 
No, I don't. <laughs> Dude, no. I was hovering over the remove from chat button. <laughs> no, I don't. No. Okay. No, 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 no. No, no you're, exact, you're exactly right, though, Jeremy. I mean, this this is the time. Like, we're, we do this post-game overreaction show, and sure, we could have 9,000 people in here right now if Georgia lost, but we're overreacting to a 33 nothing victory. I'm looking at pff right now it's not updated yet but from last week and i've gone through the other teams you have the best defense in terms of defensive point scores against you there's no other te- there's there's some teams that uh zeroed some folks out last year but all those teams gave up multiple points this year, this week so you've given up three points over two weeks you have the best defense in terms of points allowed in the first two weeks your quarterback who is a walk-on is now a starting quarterback scholarship guy and is in the Heisman conversation should be soon. And his number is going to continue to drop. Uh, you you had 15 different receivers, running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers catch a pass today. Like Roddy said, you had uh, your first sack of the year from a true freshman. You had Malachi Starks starting again as a true freshman. I mean, you've got, you've got sophomores and freshmen playing everywhere. Yeah, you're going to lose some guys from this team, but you're just going to be able to reload. And it's been so long. It's been so long for Georgia to finally be able to reload and not rebuild because that's what we've heard about Alabama for so long. They, they're able to reload. They don't rebuild, they reload. Georgia's at that State, point. Clemson, we heard something about yeah. them. Georgia's at that point now, and I don't see it slowing down. So you're exactly right, Jeremy. This is like the golden era. You're going to beat South Carolina next week. The, the spread's going to we're, – we're, we, you just asked us what the spread was going to be, Jeremy, and we're over here debating is it going to be 24 or 27 against South Carolina in Columbia when it's going to yeah, be 175 right. degrees. On the road. And the SEC East looks terrible. That's what I'm you saying. Know, you're, you're, going to, you're going to moonwalk into the SEC championship game. Worst case scenario, you have a situation like you did against South Carolina four years ago where you throw three interceptions and you – you pull a Texas A&M today, but it would be along the lines of a major upset like Texas A&M today. Whereas, you know, remember Kirby's first year, he lost to Vandy. He almost lost Nickel State. Yeah. It was 31 nothing against oh, Ole Miss on the road. His first year. Seems like a long- it, it does yeah. seem like a long time ago. But when you look out at this Georgia team and you look at the uh, uh, Dylan Bell Dude looks like a defensive end. Your cornerback, Keely Ringo, looks like an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. These these guys are gigantic. Amarius Mims is a thousand feet tall, as is you know uh, Darnell Washington. And you know with, when Pierce Spir- Sperling gets here and uh, Lawson Lucky, you're going to keep up that uh, tradition, that tight end room. You know. Point how being, much, go ahead. How much better, Roddy, are those guys going to be when we get to the SEC championship? Yeah, all those guys. They're going to be that point. much better. Your 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 starting wide receivers are sophomores because right. they blew that's, up as freshmen. That's what I'm thinking. That's I'm what I'm thinking with Eddie. That that young defense, those receivers, like how good are they going to become? I don't know. Here here just in a month from now, yeah. you know how good, yeah. how much. And after Kirby gets in their butts after today, right. like y'all were talking about earlier. Right. Oh man. Yeah, when when Zion Jonathan Jefferson, Tyrion <laughs> Dawkins, you know, uh, Tremel Walter had I thought had a good game. When those guys go back and look at the tape, they're gonna see what they did right, what they did wrong, and it's gonna be like, hey, go feast on Spencer Rattler. This guy can't run. This guy can't get away, you know. And Georgia was worried last week about uh, the you know possibility of Bo Nix taking off running, so they didn't really send anybody. You know, uh, this week they, they didn't have the 
game plan to go after him. But Kentucky pick six. They're going to send the kitchen sink at Spencer Rattler. Kentucky pick six. Sorry, guys. So great. Sorry. Oh, is that in the swamp? Yep. Yeah. Anybody pulling against the anybody pulling against those damn gators? Let's nah. do it. Let's do I it. love the gators. They're so great. They're back. <laughs> yeah. They're I, back. Trust me, guys, I get a lot of grief from the Florida fans. You're supposed to be an unbiased journalist. I'm like, I am. I try to be. You know, although I did graduate from Georgia and I want to see Georgia do well for hey, my readership. Roddy, can I but, say something about that real quick? Hmm? We as fans, we love that you guys are biased. We really appreciate that. I mean, I, I don't understand why people come after you guys and say, you're supposed to be unbiased. You cover the team that I love. I want you to be biased towards the team I love. True, but here's the thing. If I tell you that this kid is underrated, overrated, or, you know, if I come at it from – if I'm biased and there's some fan sites out there that, you know, there's some <laughs> bad fan sites that uh, approach it from the we and us standpoint – when they tell you something, this is really great. Do you do you honestly feel that it's really great? Do you feel that they're watching it with rose-colored glasses? Or they're putting the best possible spin on it. No, because because you cover the team, but you call them out when they do things that are not right. That are that. But see, that's being unbiased. Exactly, but it is. But you still have. And, and like I said, it's fine with me. And you love the team, and I have no problem with that. I don't understand why fans have a problem with that. It's, it's well, again, and also, I mean, hey, I, I am a product of the Grady School of Journalism, the best school of journalism in the entire civilized world. Yeah. And they teach us not to be biased, even if you're covering the team you want. Now, when I was uh, at ESPN, I was they were trying to hire me to cover the Georgia site. I was the only one that had to speak to the head of ESPN.com. Because I was the only person in that entire recruiting nation network who was going to actually be covering the school he graduated from. He was asking me all these crazy questions. I'm like, what? Why, why aren't you asking this of, you know, because Kip Adams was with me and uh, uh, David was with me and a bunch of other guys. Like, why aren't you asking Carter Strickland about covering Texas? You know, why weren't you asking any of these guys what they're doing? And I realized what it was. He was trying to figure out if I was going to be a homer or not. And I actually said on the call, I'm like, Dude, if you want me to cover Florida, I'll do it. I didn't want to, but the point being is, look, I can be an unbiased journalist. And once I said that, the entire tone of the conversation and the interview changed 100%. Because the point being is, would you cover up something for the team that you love so much? Would you not put out their bad things? And so what I try to do is say, look, I'm unbiased. I want Georgia to win because of the dog vent at UGSports.com. Plus, I'm a graduate, you know, so – Deep down in my cold, evil little heart, you know, I want them to do well. But I need to be unbiased so that, I mean, I break more bad news than anybody. Well, we break more bad news or yeah. more news than anybody on the neat, on the uh, beat combined. The point being, if I, I won't sit on bad news or good news to affect how people think about the team. So I appreciate the compliment. Uh, trust me, I do. It, it makes me feel good. But the point being, we have to be unbiased so we can sit on here and go, Offensive line needs this. The linebackers were out of place last week, you know. But um, I do that as a fan. It's no I, I know, I know, but the point being, when we say it, you know we're um, – if we're unbiased, we're giving you – it's not rose-colored glasses. Yeah. You know, we're not We're not going to say, Branson Robinson's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, we, we could, if, we, if we say that and you know we're biased, 
you won't give us as much credit. But if you know we're unbiased and we say that, you're like, well, holy shit, Roddy's Roddy and Paul and Anthony Dasher, they're they're raving about this guy. Then he must really again, we were one of the first people to tell you that Brock Bowers was gonna be a superstar. Yeah, well, we're I, I, hearing I, about I, this in the spring. We told everybody, and it was like, "Oh man, come on, we got these other guys." I'm like, "No, we told you before the Clemson game, Brock Bowers is going to be used all over the field, and they're going to throw to Lad McConkey." And people are like, "Who the hell's Lad McConkey?" That's not being biased. That's reporting something. Yeah, but again, if we were biased, people would be like, well, "I don't know. You're just putting a good spin on this. You know, you're trying to tell us something that you know." So it's tough to make the point, but when the greatest compliment that Jeremy or Eddie or Paul or anybody could give Anthony Dash or Jason Butt or Patrick Garbin or Dave McMahon or Ben Bachman or anybody is to say, and we've seen this before, I won't believe anything until you guys report it. And we get that occasionally. And, dude, there's not – I mean, if you're a journalist, that's the greatest feeling in the world. So, anyway, I'm getting far afield here. I want to talk about some of these other guys here, <laughs> especially this one from Jeff. Sanford put up a better fight than Oregon. <laughs> I said this on the show. I'm like, look, Sanford plays in the South. You got to. Hey, how good was Sanford tackling in space? Yeah, what? they were. Yes, yeah, they, they were. were. They're they're a good coach team. They're really they're really they good. Coach team. They beat the pass off Kennesaw State, which is a great squad. Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna probably do good work in their conference this year. I would think. What time does that Oregon game start tonight? I wonder. Okay, okay, it's already started. Oregon's 28 nothing in second quarter, nine minutes left. So no worries there. They're not any good. No worries there. I was just double – I had to double check, Eddie, because I was just making sure that, like, I wasn't going to look at Oregon and they're down 15-2, to two, you know. Let's see. Oregon, Bo Nix, 16 of 19, 140 yards, two touchdowns. They're actually running the ball against Eastern Go Washington. Bo. They have two uh, rushing touchdowns. They've passed well, seven hey, different hey, guys. Bo. Uh, Paul, Bo's playing well because he's not playing against Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> but it's 16 of 19 for Bo, 140 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, Oregon, I was just – I had to double check, man, because I that was the last thing we needed was Oregon, like, in a tight game yeah. against Eastern Washington no, you're right. right now. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, so, they, they are winning. They'll, they will continue to win. Um, let's see here. Uncle Sam says, uh, I am not complaining about the game score, but I will say this. I think it's a general rule that a head coach should always play to beat the spread. No elaboration should be needed for the obvious. <laughs> so, so Uncle Sam got got today uh, by the spread, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and hey, I Uncle like Sam, it, let me give you a betting philosophy that has worked out for a friend of mine when I introduced it years ago. Every week, pick against the dogs, pick Auburn to win or Auburn to cover, Florida to cover, and Tennessee to cover. There's always that one garbage weekend when it happens. You know, it just, it'll drive you crazy. And you don't have to lose the game, but you'll be like, oh, we barely won. And the Tennessee fans, the Auburn fans, and the Florida fans are crowing like mad because they either won their game or covered the spread or something. There's just always that train wreck of a weekend for Georgia fans that just drives you crazy. And if you bet big, you'll hit it. So on that four team or five team, you add Alabama or add somebody else in there that you think is a major. Kind of rival for Georgia, and it will hit every time because there's always just a one garbage weekend that'll just make you want to pull your hair out. I learned something in college, Roddy: never yeah. bet against or for the Bulldogs. Just leave them out of the mix. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Jeremy? Are you a, you a gambling man? 
I'm not much of a gambling man, but yeah, I would tend to agree with Eddie. I, I, I don't really touch anything. I wouldn't want to touch anything with my team because I feel like it's almost like fantasy football. You know, I play it, but I wouldn't want to. I don't want to find myself pulling against my team right. or something. Well, you do this. You, you, you cover. You take Georgia not to cover, and if they do, great. You know, and if they don't, you know, then at least you make money on it. So. Yeah, but then, but then, like, but just like what Jeremy said, you're you're kind of sitting in that in between yeah. where you're it's like called buying the win. Yeah, but it brings in this weird dynamic you don't want yeah. to deal with, right? Do I want my money? Or my team? Yeah. So oh no! Another L for JT in West Virginia. Whoa! Oh no! From Kevin. Who, who they play? That's I'm this one look, looking up right now. Uh, no, no way! No way! Did. They played. They played Kansas. They lost fifty-five to forty-two to Kansas. What? Oh, man. Sorry. oh. I, I think there needs to be a line of people who need to tell Stetson Bennett, dude. I'm sorry. And somehow, somehow, no, I'm, I'm rooting for JT Daniels. He's a good kid. Sure. But I'm well, a little annoyed because of the, again, when I told people that when we broke the news that Stetson Bennett was going to start, we received nine types of hell on that. And again. You know, when we're on people. When people believed it, you know, because we're loaded. Yeah, but so I'm rude for him, but I try to tell people when Todd Munkin and Buster Faulkner, Kirby Smart, and uh, who else do they have on that uh, offensive side? Um, oh, God. Cortez, Cortez Hankton, yeah, Dell, uh, Dell McGee. When they all agree, because remember, they sit down as a staff, like, what are we going to do this week? JT's hurt. We got Carson Beck, and we have J, uh, Stetson Bennett. They put Carson Beck. They took him from the second team, put him with the first team in practice. And in practice, he bombed, okay? He couldn't do it when he was with the number one. The Arkansas game you're talking about, Roddy? Yeah, uh, no, the, yeah, the UAB game right before it. Oh, okay, okay. So the week leading up to that, they put him with the number ones on Monday or Tuesday. I guess it was Tuesday, and he just – he, I won't use the terms that it was told to me, but he did not fare well. And they're like, okay, we, we can't do this. So they put in Stetson and he got the start. We broke the news. Everyone thought we were high, you know, or drunk on the fiddler or whatever. But the point being, uh, then JT gets healthy, right? And everyone's waiting for JT to come back. Mm -hmm. If I, I hate, you know, when we do our grades, you know, we would say the offensive line, a, Defensive line, B minus, uh, wide receivers, C plus, cornerbacks, A minus. We didn't do the coaches. And people say, well, why won't you agree with the coach? Especially if you're mad at the coach. And I always try to tell people, like, Jeremy, I'm not going to grade the coaches because I don't know what the hell they called. If I knew what they called and it was a bad call, then we could grade them. But we don't know what the play calls were because you're trying to guess it based on what happens on the field. So they could call something, the players on the field don't execute it, and, well, if they'd executed it, maybe it would have worked out. So point being, I'm not going to second-guess Del McGee. I'm not going to second-guess Todd Munkin. I'm not going to second-guess uh, Buster Faulkner, Kirby Smart. All those coaches, when they sit in the coaching room and go, who's our best quarterback? Hey, Dan, Lanning, you you faced both offenses. You faced uh, the number one offense with Stetson Bennett under center, and you faced him with uh, Carson Beck under center, which was the toughest one to defend. And he's like, well, Stetson gives us the best choice because, you know, I can't send my guys because there's a threat of the run. So they stuck with him. And they, what did they say? He gives us the best chance to win. It wasn't saying that he's by far the better quarterback. They're just saying 
he's gives us the best chance. And he well, won your title with it. I'll stand up and apologize right now because, Roddy, when that Arkansas game last year happened, if you remember, Stetson was announced as the starter. And we were all thinking, okay, it's Carson Beck, Carson Beck. And it didn't happen. And I stood up and said, this is awful for the program. He is not the future of the program. Why are we doing this? Carson Beck is the future of the program. And I'll admit, I was wrong, but I'm not the only one. I think everybody was wrong. But a lot of it came down to Carson Beck couldn't get it done there. And then when JT was healthy, you got to get it back. Well, he couldn't get it back again. And a lot of that had to do with mobility. Okay. Yes. And when teams can haul off, you know, they're not worried. The backside comes crashing in because you're not worried about the run at all. JT's down for a sack. It it changes everything. So. My point being, uh, I'm not trying to say, hey, we were right. I'm just saying what we heard from the coaches was that he gave you the better chance, and a lot of it had to do with mobility. Now we're seeing JT somewhere else. Now, granted, it's his first year with another team. Maybe he'd be doing killing it with Georgia right now, having practiced with these guys a long time. But it just kind of proves the fact that the coaches, they won a title because they knew what the hell they were talking about. Because, And it might have been 51-49, but even that two points – meant that Stetson gave you a better chance just with the mobility factor, you know. But so. I also think this is a tangent. I think this goes back to the fact that you guys have zero access to practice, to what's going on. I mean, you have, what, two minutes you get in there and see practice and you can see yeah, what's going at on? Be- at best, nine minutes. Right, whatever it is. So, once again, this is – we have no idea what's going on, right? Yeah. And we're all just assuming things like you guys are. Yeah, absolutely. But that's why, I mean, that's why we have to reach out to people who are inside the program, yeah. you know, and we're like, you know, Jeremy, what do you do for a living? What do I do for a living? Yeah. Uh, I do uh, research for Kroger grocery stores. So oh, cool. I'm usually up at the uh, dark and early hour driving all over Houston to do research for Kroger's what, uh, for, what a company, re- for a company that does resets for Kroger. What is reset? Like they reset the whole store, right? Yeah, like so. Like if you're walking into the store one day and you see, um, I don't know, let's say the peanut butter section, and then you walk in like later that week and it's been rearranged. That's what our company does. It's rearranged based on. It's basically a, there's a marketing aspect to it. Some companies oh, yeah, probably absolutely. want more premium shelf placement, so they write a check to Kroger and. Our company yeah. comes How much frontage do you get? How many wide are you going across the front? You know, what shelf are you on? I get that. So if you yeah. turn to someone and say, hey, uh, we're doing the peanut butter section and I need to get that Biscoff, you know, the really good Biscoff stuff down here where everybody can see it. If we put it on a super high shelf, we won't see it. But Biscoff comes in and says, we're going to do it. And you're like, hey, guys, uh, where you're at, this is trust me, I've been doing this a long time. If you're on that top shelf, you're never going to get sold. You need to pay the money to get moved down. I don't need to come in and second guess what Jeremy says about, you know, the, the amount of frontage space they need and what it's supposed to look like. We try to do the same thing when it comes to coaches. I, I don't want to second guess them because it's their job. And if, you know, as to, as the way Eddie said, if I don't have the research, I don't have the numbers, I don't see what's going on behind the scenes. I don't see the sales numbers. Who, who the hell am I? It's just some Joe Schmo off the street to tell the coaches or, you know, Jeremy, no, 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 they, dude, we need to get more, Bud Lights here, you know, because that's going to sell better, you know. So trust the expert in what they do. I don't tell uh, Paul how to roof a house. 
You know, <laughs> hey, hey Jeremy, I will say this: half my paycheck weekly goes to Kroger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh. Uh, something real quick and then I'm going to go ahead and get off here for the night and it's a complete tangent goes back to last year um, yeah, uh, whatever uh, what was ever the, the most recent development with Adam Anderson because I feel like that story again and then I know he's not even with the team now but I feel like that storyline just completely disappeared and I've just I've been curious to see whatever happened to him what did ha- I don't didn't he have to go back to court he couldn't leave the state, right, Roddy? Couldn't That's be in Athens. I, heard. I mean, I stopped following it. I don't mean to be that in a mean way. It's just uh, yeah. once he was done at Georgia, I stopped following the story. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I hate it for him. That guy has yeah. a. Now, here's the thing if guilty of what he's, yeah, what was alleged, we don't know. He got zero sympathy. Yeah. I mean, sorry. If he sure. wasn't guilty of it, then I, I hate it. You know, it could be like a Brian Banks situation. You know, you're like, that's just horrible. But if it was a, uh, what happened as well, if he was guilty of what he's accused of, then I got zero sympathy for you. So I, you see my point. I just stopped following it all together. Cause I'm like, how, how much better would Georgia have been if he hadn't had that trouble? My oh God! You won a title without him. Out. Yeah, you won a title without him. But I mean, he, you would have had another. You would have had another first round pick, probably. He was awesome. See, but you could have had six. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like from his from day one on campus, he was the fastest outside linebacker they had. And Kirby would yell at him and practice about it. They would come off the, they'd line up where and they had to run around a hoop and pick up a little uh, tennis ball or a sack or a ring or something, and it taught them to drop that shoulder. You know to to come around an offensive tackle to get to the quarterback, you know, to make the and not let him push you to the outside. And he'd go up to Adam and say, You're the fastest outside linebacker we got, you know, 4.1 seconds or you know, whatever. And just give and, and Kirby yells at the guys he wants to see the most mm-hmm. action out of, you know. So if he's yelling at you, that's a good sign. And you would watch those other guys do it. Then you'd see Adam doing it. It's like, Holy crap. Wow. I mean, you're just talented at outside linebacker, but. When Adam comes off the ball, it's like somebody stuck a bottle, bottle rocket up his butt because he would just fly. And you're like, and just to think about, you know, the times that uh, uh, Bryce Young was kind of floating around back there. I mean, you could get to him with an inside pressure, as we saw with, you know, some of the inside linebackers. But if they had to worry so much about, you know, a guy kind of like that coming off the edge, not, nope, nothing against Robert Beal, nothing against Nolan Smith. But if you had a guy like that out there, I mean, think about it. They had three inside linebackers drafted, some uh, guys in the secondary, and uh, some guys up front. He would have been that. In other words, you would have had a first-round draft pick at every section of your defense. No doubt. And you you would have beat the record, right? Because they tied the record with Alabama. Yep. They would have beat it. But I don't think Alabama had had five. I'm talking about overall. 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 Yeah, it would have been 16. It would have been 16. They had 15, so they tied hey, it over. Uh, have heard anything about record for the number of uh, first-round defensive draft picks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking about six. Well, yeah. I, don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe if somebody gets him, then maybe Lewisine doesn't go in the sixth round, but heard the first round. But Y'all think AD's okay? Anything come out of that? Uh, let me look real quick. Uh, let's see. Is it a high ankle sprain? Is I'm going to pop off here, guys. All right, Jeremy, we'll see you, brother. Uh, hey, let's dude, see. Old Rose Fort is following me now. 
do do do. Uh, let me find out what I was told last about him. I mean, Dasher Dasher reported that he was seemed okay on the sidelines. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, so that's just good, but sometimes I have a different source. I want to bring up what they told me. So from what Kirby said, Kirby said in the press conference, he looks okay. We thought he could have gone back in, but we held him out at the uh, point with an ankle. Okay, good, 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 good. So that's what that's what Kirby said in the press conference. Kirby saw him on the. Uh, I mean, uh, Dash saw him actually on the uh, bike. Yeah, you know which. Mess. So according to somebody who's uh, in the program. Uh, they said it's, it's only his ankle. Said so they would see next week. Uh, leads me to believe that it's a mild sprain. Good. We're just gonna wait and see what happens with the swelling. So there you go. All right, so boys. I, I don't know. What, I mean, yeah. When he's no point yeah. putting him back out there when you no, don't need him. Not against Sanford, right? No. Thank you, boys. You know, yeah. See you yeah. again. I didn't mean to cut him off so quick, but. Yeah, you did. I, that remove button is fast, man. <laughs> it is. I like we're both trying to bring on uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah. You ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah. What's the last? Did you get that last one from my Uncle Sam? Uh, let's like see. His comments. Take a few dudes with a gangster attitude with a fat point spread. Bad things can happen. One day your team can beat the line. Weeks later, your team is fading money lines. Uncle Sam, I feel you, boy. I feel you. I had to get out of that. So I, have I told you the story? I think I told you the story about uh, – so I have a I have a book here or whatever. It's, it's not legal in the state of Georgia, right? But you have you have ways to do it, right? And it has a little online casino thing. And so you can play online blackjack. It was right after we came back from uh, New Orleans. I was feeling myself, got mm-hmm. on there, and uh, was playing $10 a hand, right? And I was go, I'd go up 20 bucks, go down 30 bucks, blah, 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 right? I accidentally clicked the hundred dollar one. What? Yeah, I clicked. I'm laying in bed next to next to Nicole, my wife, and I, I clicked the hundred dollar one, and I get Delta twelve. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh wait, don't need to do that. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. And so win, win, I, win. Then you put some real money in it, and then the algorithm goes, okay, here's your twelve. So I bust right, and I was like, all right, well, I can make it back because that's what I was doing with the ten dollar ones. I was, you know, making it back, back and forth. Boom, another hand. It's like a 13. I'm out. And I'm down 200, like 20 at this point. I do it one more time. I do it one more time. I bust. I sit up in the bed and I gag. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm going to die. I run to the bathroom. I ran to the bathroom and threw up. And I come back and my wife's like, are you okay? What's what's going on? What, what happened? I was like, <sighs> and I told her and she just started dying laughing. And I was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I just lost 300 bucks. She's going to kill you. Yeah. She was like, but you're never going to do it again. you're never going to, you're never going to get on, get on that app again. So long story short, my bookie was a nice guy, gave me a couple of hundred bucks in free play and we, we made it work out, but yeah, man, instant vomit. So I don't bet, I don't bet anymore. So you guys have fun with that betting <laughs> stuff. Uh, Uncle Sam, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, and that same new Orleans trip, uh, you know, we had that fantastic dinner over at uh, uh, the uh, oh, what was it called? Drago's. Drago's, yeah. They, they sent the uh, uh, van for us that had the open bar in it. You made me that Jack and Coke. That, I mean, the uh, Captain and Coke that was all Captain. Thanks. That was your fault. <laughs> I made you all guys. Yeah, you all. Yeah, it's just got some Coke in it. You liar. 
So I'm drinking that, and then we go down to the casino there at Harris. And I, I've sworn never to play at Harris because I never have good luck there. It's, but man, I killed it at craps. So, yeah, you did. Uh, you you almost got killed at craps though too. You don't know this. You were so drunk. The guy next to you wanted to actually kill you um, because you're you're like follow you're like fading his bets and stuff like that. He was getting pissed. And Dude, so, yeah, I, I, I remember I'm like, okay, I'm about to leave, and they're like, sir, can we color you up? I'm like, sure, you can color me up. And I push my chips up there, and all of a sudden he hands me this stack of black chips. I'm like, wait a minute, that sobered you up a little bit. So I'm like, walk around with all these black chips there. But uh, I was down at the other end of that table when Dave was throwing the first yeah, time, and he couldn't he couldn't get out. And so I was I was in there, and um, the guy standing next to me was like, man, this this dude right here, he's something else. And I was like, that's my boy. I was like, that's Dave. He was like, you don't know him. And I was like, yeah, I do. I was like, all right, Dave, let's go, baby. And like Dave looked up at me and like kind of waited. He was like, man, unbelievable. He was like, yeah, this guy, he's like, he's like, this guy's savant. And I was like, nah, man, he's just good at throwing chips. And he's Dave, good man. at stats too. So yeah, well, the, the year before we were in Vegas, Dave and I sat down at a craps table and cleaned them out. So that, that was that was pretty good. But to your point, I, I don't bet college games. I mean, I love the fact that we have Dan McDonald doing his uh, weekly yeah. leans on Wednesday and then this bet. But I'll tell you my bet today, if I had put money on it, I was all over that Wake Forest game. I'm like, Wake's going to kill him. Wake's going to kill him. Had I had I put money today, I would have I would have bet uh, Georgia would not have covered this spread just for some of And it wouldn't have been because of Hatch or anything. I thought the weather was going to be worse than it was. Yeah, no, nah, I'm with you there. So I, I don't – I don't know what I don't know. I'm sure Vegas still counts the bets, but when they go to that 12 minute running clock or 12 minute clock in the fourth quarter, I would assume yeah. that the bets still are valid. But that changes things. No, that's a good point because somebody mentioned that earlier. He's like, "Oh yeah, well, you only scored three points in the second half, but they also left off, you know, three minutes, and you you did get into your third string offensive tackles, and, and you also." You also got into the referees where, like, a guy would maybe in normal games he would be out of bounds, but you're winding that clock on the yeah, sideline. Exactly. You know, <laughs> there was a couple of plays where, like, the guys were clearly out of bounds. The refs just like, nah, screw it, come on, guys. Yeah, come exactly. on. Right. I mean, he Gatorade. wasn't tackled till he got to the Gatorade stand. Oh no, he was in bounds. No, no. That clock going. Come yeah. on, come on. So that does, I'm with you there. I, I, again, that's a situation where I'm like, look, if you bet against your team, yep. you know. The worst thing that happens is they win and cover, and you're like, well, "Great, that's thirty bucks well spent," you know. Yeah. But if they lose, at least you win money on them. So you're like, "Oh, that sucks." Oh, but I made nine hundred bucks, you know. So it's going to be interesting. Um, these spreads coming up, I'm curious because, like I said before the season, South Carolina was minus twenty. They lost to Arkansas. I would assume that's going to be twenty four or something like that. And um, that's going to is that? I circled this game at the beginning of the season. Roddy just kind of moving South forward. I did. And the reason I did was because it was going to be a noon kickoff. We knew that pretty early on. And then also uh, so we, didn't, we didn't know what Spencer Rattler was going to be. Obviously we know now that he's, he's a seven on seven guy. He's, he's not, a, he's not the guy, but I circled it just because I thought maybe it could be a slip up game. I don't see that being the case though. Now, what about you? I, I don't see it being a slip-up game. I think they're just going to – I don't want to get into it because I I was told not to by people who I trust. But Kirby loves Sam Pitt, left on good terms. You know, that's perfectly fine. I do not think that he left on great terms with Shane Beamer. 
I'm not saying he's man managing me. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. I see what you. I see what you're saying. But I could definitely see a situation, especially when they go head to head on kids nearby, you know, and some of the recruiting and, stuff. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we lost a, you know, a, a recruit or two, not many, to South Carolina or Clemson, but. I can see him going and say, look, there's some kids in South Carolina we want. We're going to go on there and hang pity on them. Yeah. Let's put up a 50-burger and show the anybody that's thinking about b- between us and South Carolina that we need to put them down, that they are not going to be competitive in the SEC East. So, uh, Like I oh, said, yeah. it, was, it was a game early that I circled now after watching. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's like uh, – and again, if you didn't – today notwithstanding, when you – drub the number 11 team in the nation like you did against Oregon, you see what you're capable of. Yep. Okay. Now, maybe Oregon's not as good, but you saw them. I mean, they're going to be doing yeah, pretty well today. They're doing fine now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, hey, this is what, you, what you're capable of. Uh, good luck, Spencer Rattler, getting away from when they really bring the heat. You know, he wasn't going to bring the heat today. Part of it was, you know, that catch and release that uh, uh, Hires was doing, you know, is getting rid of the ball really quick. In that first game, I think uh, Brent pointed out they, they were holding the ball like 1.6 seconds. Or oh, yeah, it was crazy like, fast. Catch, get rid of it. You know, there's yeah. how can you get a pass rush then? You know, Georgia did against Clemson last year with JT Daniels, catch and release. Yeah. So uh, I don't think South Carolina's designed that way. So you're going to see, you know, good luck completing passes to a very good, I guess, a very good secondary when. Next week, they actually bring some heat. So I'm not really worried about South Carolina. Of course, I said that four years ago and they threw three interceptions. So, yeah, I I just don't I don't see it. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. You got anything else before we roll out of here, Roddy? No, just want to give a shout out to our friends at the Rogue Shop. Everybody yep. go over there and I hit up uh, our, our friends at the Rogue Shop. They have some fun stuff over there for you to get. They even have stuff for your dog. So if you want some CBD oil, if you do have a dog like mine that has some arthritis, uh, be sure to hit them up because they have a good pain relief uh, droplets for the puppy. And uh, if you can't sleep or you have pain issues, check out the Rogue Shop. And, of course, our buddies at ASW uh, Distillery. And, of course, 7-6 Apparel. Get that. Sh- Again, that's just a good-looking shirt. So hit up any of our sponsors. And uh, if you would, before you leave, share this on social media. If you're on Facebook watching this, share it. If you're watching it on YouTube, uh, grab the link and share it on any of your social media accounts. It means the world to us when you do that. It helps us with the algorithm because all of a sudden, the more people, the more times it's shared, the more times it is suggested to other dog fans as something you should watch. So we'd greatly appreciate it if you would do that. It would mean a lot to me as a personal favor. We appreciate it, guys. We'll see you back next Saturday. Uh, we'll be on around 4 o'clock, 3.30, 4 o'clock uh, for yep. an early one. And uh, we'll see you after the Georgia-South Carolina game. This has been the UGA Sports Post Game Overreaction Show. Paul Meharry, Ryan Nabolsi, we appreciate you guys so much. See you.